everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick all knock, the snake all crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Black. <laughs> Alice, do that sound again? That's that. That's Mundo Beats. Mundo, baby. How you guys feeling? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Give, give yourselves a round of applause, man. Give you a full round. Be here, man. I just want us to preach too for holding it down. Clap it up for preach one time with the DJ set. That sound loud. That sound loud. Preach with the fire set. Hold on, I gotta. I gotta give him his just two right here. <laughs> that set was crazy, man. Pulled some shit. People don't play Bound no, by no. Kanye. Are people playing Kanye at all? Oh. Yeah. That, that no, that's no shot. That, that, no that was a real question. That's a real big question. Raise your hand if you still fuck with Kanye. No shots. Yeah. No shots. That's right. That's right. We fuck with Kanye. <laughs> Musically. Yeah. No, can you hang out? I love Kanye. We love Kanye. Um, Kanye has great ideas. His political views is just. Right. Yeah. He just needs to get back to the music. That's it. That's all we want, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. anyway. Like, yeah, I think shit. he is, though. He, he, um, I think he recently put a statement out where he was like, yeah. these people are trying to manipulate me. Like, I'm just going to fucking like, oh, get back to oh, the music. Really? Where did you get that? Yeah. We turn the mic up. Yeah, I'm like. Um, yeah, but but we love Kanye here. Um, shout to you guys. This is officially uh, this is a real episode. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is a real episode. Uh, what episode are we on, Josh? I want to ask you guys a question uh, and be honest. Raise your hand if you listen or watch the podcast. Everybody, okay. couple couple haters over here. I see y'all. I see y'all. You know what I mean? I can't, I'm a plus one. I can't with my boy. You know what I mean? Looking around like I heard you got. I heard y'all had some fruit and vegetables, so I want to come through. Now, shout to you guys, man. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, welcome, welcome to Blab Chat. You know, this is an all music production podcast. I'm gonna let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Uh, I go by the name of No Mind, um, and we have my guys here. My guys. Here. My girl, lady first. <laughs> perfection. Clap <laughs> up for perfection. All right. The lyrics and music. What's up, New York? Clap it up for Glam. Hey, what's up, guys? My game. My name's Tommy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Atlas the Plug. Pleasure to meet you guys. Clap up for Atlas the Plug. Atlas has a couple aliases. That's true. So, um, let's see. Raise your hand if you're a music producer. Uh, let's start there. A lot of you fucking beat makers and producers. Damn. Raise your hand if Why you. Why would you count? Ra I tried. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you use Fruity Loops. Don't be shy. It's okay. The cheat code. All dogs welcome here. All dogs are welcome. The cheat code. How many people use the Logic? Team Logic. How many of you motherfuckers making beats in Pro Tools? Reason. Couple reasons. Don't ever change. Okay. Machine, machine. Is Anyone machine? That's what's up. Ableton. <laughs> Alright, how many people use an Ableton? Ableton. Good job, guys. Good job. 
fucking cheaters. That fucking pitch. No, all that bullshit, man. No, listen, let me tell you something. Ableton's bullshit because you bait. Listen, you basically, it makes the beat for you. That's not true. But I think, what do you think is easier, FL or Ableton? I'm low-key kidding. I'm low-key kidding. But what I will say is that Ableton, there's so much you can do in Ableton. Yeah. That, like, the pitch correct is really great. And, but there's a lot of cheat code stuff, too. Like, you can, I heard there's a new feature, and, and you Ableton users um, co-sign this if I'm wrong or correct. But I believe you could randomize a chord progression in Ableton now. Right? Yeah? I think that's that's pretty fire. Yeah, so you literally can click you can click the mouse and then it'll generate a chord progression for you in MIDI. Yeah, so that's that's that that deserves this. Well, I don't, I don't imagine if you have chord progression. I'm like okay, I haven't got into it yet. Thank you. I haven't got into it yet, so I mean that's all I have to say. Thanks for giving me the mic. Yeah, you know, I'm a good mic yeah. But um, me and Glam were in the studio the other day, and she oh. was fucking with Logic. I mix. Okay, so my thing is, I I make beats in Reason, and I mix in Logic. So that's been a new thing, just because my computer's fucked up. Everybody's like, oh, why don't you just get into Fruity Loops or Ableton? I can't because I have an old computer. It only accepts a certain mm. version of DAW, all right? I'm mad at so you. unless you're going to chip in and help me out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just let me just make ben, my music. Quick pay, Venmo. If it's, broke, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I like, it's simple for me. I like it. For me, Ableton, I've, I've gone on it, but it looks like math a little bit to me. Like, a little confusing. I like the, I like how simple and lo logic looks like, oh, you want to make a beat. Like, it looks that easy. I like that shit. Yeah, I think Reason, every time I look at Reason, I'm like, no, thank you. What is First that? of all, I think Ableton looks trash. I really do. No, it looks, it looks like, a video like Ableton. Game. Ableton. Ableton looks like a toy. It looks like a video game. Ableton looks like a fucking video. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Pro Tools looks dope to me. I don't. I'm sorry. Pro Tools looks dope. I agree. Logic, Logic, Logic looks like PC basically. Like it, it looks. It looks. It looks like Microsoft. It it's good to I mean when you're no, starting off really and you know you're used to like garage band you look at that it's like alright. It looks like it looks like really just a lot nicer. And in, in blue. I, I, no, I, I, no, honestly I would say for like songwriters, if you're just coming up with like melodies and ideas, logic, because if you know, you you're not really being a producer, you're not using Pro Tools and doing that. If you're just doing vocals and coming up with melodies and just recording that and then you send it off, you know, to the producer to, that's true. to lay down something. I mean something easy to just lay down vocals. Mm -hmm. I mean that's you know Yeah, but you can track vocals in pretty much every everything. Job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. 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 No, but but, I, but, but, I, I, but what I'm know saying a lot is of, like female artists and things like that that use logic for that specific No, that's a, just for that. That's like all I'm talking about. As a far as producing producing I, me personally I would use like Pro Tools or Ableton. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. But uh if you're laying down vocals, you know, as a songwriter, you know, me singing the R&B group back in the day. Let me find out Atlas you know, producing right. up below and shit, you know. <laughs> you know, Mundo's out here. Mundo's out here. Raise your hand if you're a female producer. If you can see my hand. Shout that we definitely need more of that you know like um and it's it's so unfair to even like 
the, for that to even be a label, like, oh, you're female and you're a producer. Like, a producer is a producer. It's just but, using uh, a computer yeah. and yeah. knowing music. Yeah. Gear. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just in uh, in Toronto, and I, I, was, I had the honor of judging the Battle of the Beatmakers competition out there. And the winner of the competition, uh, raise your hand if you've heard of this competition before, Battle of the Beatmakers. It's the, the comp, it's a beat battle in Toronto where um, Boy Wanda kind of got his start. You guys familiar with Boy Wanda? Yeah. So he got his start, he entered the battle and won like three years in a row, years ago, like before Drake blew up and stuff. And um, anyway, so it's like a highly respected beat battle. And this year's winner was uh, this uh, producer named uh, Lucy, and she's uh, 16, 16 year, years old. And she fucking killed everybody. Like, wow. literally, I think, I think there were over a thousand producers that entered the battle, and then they broke it down to 60, and then 30, and then the final uh, 24, I think. And she won. And so this was in Toronto, Toronto, right? Yeah, and this was in Toronto, and she is fired. I just feel like Toronto's different. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the music that comes out of there, the music that comes out of there, the producers, and I like the fact that they stick together. Right. Like, we always talk right. about this on a show. Boy Wonder has been, like, really instrumental in a lot of producers, yeah. you know, careers. And right. they're very big on the beat battles up there, too. That's how Wonder Girl got her start. Yeah. She started producing at nine. Nine like what old. were you guys doing at nine? I was being a kid. <laughs> we had that conversation. I was being a kid. My thing is, it doesn't also doesn't surprise. I don't know about y'all. It doesn't surprise me much anymore that how young they are because yeah, of no. the technology and what we're able to do the now. The internet. And we were just talking about the power of the internet, and then also like we were talking about like what were we doing when I was twenty? I definitely was not doing what they're doing right now. Right. Like, Mainly because, I mean, maybe we didn't know, but it's like we weren't even, I wasn't even thinking about, like I knew I wanted to make beats and stuff, but it didn't come till like later on. So for to hear like, oh yeah, he made this beat, he's like 14, it's like, oh yeah. That's it crazy. does right. stuff like it happens more and but more. But nine years, nine years old is extreme. Like. Extreme. <laughs> she made a beat at what grade? Months. What grade are you in when you're nine? Uh, Fifth grade? Fourth grade? Fourth grade? Fourth grade? You Imagine. You can't make beats when you're in fourth like, grade, man. No, I'm, pretty sure, pee for I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when I was nine, I shit in my pants. <laughs> I definitely wasn't doing that, but I did. I say, I, I was, I was like, yeah, that was. What was that? That's a weird flex, but I'm proud of that shit. Right. I'm proud. That's of, what I was doing. I'm proud of that shit. Literally. You're gonna but that. it definitely is the internet, though. You know, like YouTube. Yeah. Everything's online. Yeah. So it's, easy you know, it's accessible. easy access, you know, um, such and such type beat. That's all on the internet. So it's it's super easy to kind of recreate and right. once yeah. you start. And, and I've seen going. people with, like, I've seen people just operate straight from their, like, you guys ever like, operate straight from your keypad? Yeah. Like, I've seen that too. I was like, I can't Yeah, raise your hand if you. I'm not going to do that. Raise your hand if you Difficult. use, like, uh, keys on your Literally, actual I do keyboard. That laptop. Laptop. I've, never, I've done that maybe once or twice. Raise your hand if you fuck with black kids, though. If you don't, that's okay. All right, you guys again? All good? I see you guys. All good. You guys probably don't even know my name. You're probably like, what are these guys? Is that Jeff Staple? Manny Pacquiao? <laughs> Chad, Chad Hugo, just famous Asian people. That's, that's me. This is, uh, I don't know what Atlas would be, I don't know. But, um, 
Yeah, but uh, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, Black Kids. Black Kids. Okay. Yeah, so I, I remember I put out this video recently, today actually, on my YouTube channel. And uh, someone asked me a question. They said, uh, what are the top three things you would recommend for an upcoming music producer to just get their foot in the door and start, right? And, and I paused for a second. I was thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, what are the top three things that I did and that have helped me the most, right? And I chose three things. And so the first thing uh, that, I, that was on my list was basically to, which is step number one, is to collect as many sounds as possible, right? Um, back, back like before, you know, DAWs and it was like beat machines and stuff, which was kind of like before my time too, but um, it was really hard to get sounds. You know, people were like going record shopping and, you know, if they wanted, if, if someone wanted to lay down like a string, uh, section they would have to hire you know musicians and rent a studio space and it would cost thousands of dollars nowadays you just download fucking LA scoring strings and you have a full orchestra right and I think uh, us in this generation like we don't appreciate that shit like we just think oh it's just a fucking download and we can make shit sound like this like I think we're getting spoiled when it comes to that so anyway outside of that the idea of collecting sounds is a huge deal I think if you're not collecting as many sounds as possible, you're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. So to me, step number one is collect as many VSTs, drum kits. Every, every single one of you guys in here should have Omnisphere, Contact, um, Complete if you want. But like all the basic shit, Nexus, like you should have everything, number one. All the black kits you guys should have. Um, I know some of you motherfuckers download that shit illegal, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna find out. You know what I'm saying? I got all you motherfuckers at home addresses. If you, if you bought a motherfucking ticket, I got your motherfucking info. Anyway, so... Um, is, is there such a thing as having too many drum kits, though? No. No. no? I, I basically have... Because I'm sure there are drum kits that you probably haven't looked at in a long time. Definitely not. No? No, no. I mean, I agree with you. I definitely haven't looked at... Yeah, I have I, ha I have so many, so many, so many. I have so much shit, guys. It's better um, to have more, though. Yeah. yeah. It's better to have more. So step number one, collect as many sounds as possible. Step number two, and, and this one is like a little bit weird. People were looking at me like, really? You know? But this is facts. Um, step number two is to mimic. Right? So, um... Mimic what you love, right? And, and let me just give you a quick example. I want you guys to elaborate on this too, mm -hmm. you two Atlas. Um, you know, I'll go back to Michael Jackson, right? There was this interview that I saw, and the interviewer asked Michael Jackson, like, what inspires you? Like, who inspires you? And he basically said, James Brown. Like, James Brown inspires my dance moves. And, and when you kind of compare the two, it makes sense, you know, James Brown was on that. And he also influenced like MC Hammer and stuff like that. So I think every creative and everyone in this room, we're all creating, but we're influenced by something else, some type of other piece of art, right? No art is truly 1000% original. Uh, and so us as music producers, or if there's rappers in here, raise your hand if you're a rapper. You guys are like kids in a candy store right now. You got all the beats in this room. <laughs> Looking around like, like oh, where? 
couple motherfuckers in here selling beats for 9.99 and shit. A couple 99 cent beats in here. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Who's selling beats? Them deals. No, we're gonna get into that later. We're gonna get into that shit in a minute. But so basically, like, long story short, um, you know, uh, you want to. Um, collect as many sounds and then you want to mimic, right? So for me, when I first started making music, I was mimicking uh, Jay Dilla. Raise your hand if you heard of a producer named Jay Dilla. Finally, you guys. <laughs> and, uh, at least they heard of Dilla. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I was studying Jay Dilla. I also studied uh, Manny Fresh uh, and a lot of things, but I think you start off mimicking what you love, and then the longer you do that, you uh, sort of become your own and you put your own flavor to it without realizing, right? So that's step number two. And then step number three is to try a bunch of different shit. Like, don't be afraid to try stuff. So like, if you've been making trap beats that sound like modern trap for the past two years, that's okay. Tomorrow, when you get into the studio, make a fucking house beat. If you've never made a 130 BPM four on the floor house beat before, I challenge you to do that tomorrow and try it. It's gonna sound like shit, right? It's gonna be trash, but try it. You know what I mean? And, and I think for me, a lot of I, uh, uh, you know, credit a lot of my success to just trying a bunch of stuff. That's why when you hear my stuff, you know, I'm doing soul stuff, and then some people know me for my boom bap shit. Some people know me for boom trap and trap and you know I'm working with like murder beats and boy wonder but then I also have tracks with like sky zoo and uh, you know fucking uh, Disney you know you're welcome with the rock like who does that you know but I think it's just always beneficial as a producer to just try stuff put yourself out of your comfort zone because you'll never know what you might be good at you know, and I think having more of those skill sets is always going to be beneficial. What was it for you guys, Glam? I'll start with you. Like, what influences you, and how did that benefit you? Um, I think like my parents were MCs already, so that was like a strong influence. And then from there, my mom just always put me on a really good music. And then I think also being in a, a diverse school coming up, like I, I didn't have, I didn't go to a predominantly anything. Mm -hmm. I think that had a big big play into it because I had a whole bunch of types of like, I had white friends, I had Mexican friends, I had, uh, you know, Israeli friends, mm -hmm. like I just had, I knew everybody and so we would trade music, like, and my mom worked at labels at the time, so I was always really musically inclined before mm -hmm. I knew I even wanted to do it, so slowly, like one by one, all of these other things started getting like woken up, so first it was like, okay, I like music, right, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, that's, that's cool, then I go to like, middle school and I realized um, I was uh, choosing electives and they were like, oh, percussions. And they were like, oh, those are drums. So I was like, I'm thinking like drum set. And we got right. there was a whole bunch of congas. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so then I got really, then it ended up being one of my favorite classes. Like we were, it was like just a jam session. So much fun, so much Yeah, fun. my, Mr. Miranda, he's Puerto Rican. Shout out to him. Hey, Boricua. Yeah, cause he, he was a Because it was, cause look at this. It was him, cause look at it was him that was like, my mom came to pick me up from class one time and he was like, you must be proud. And she was like, what the fuck is he talking about? So then we had this random performance at like the House of Blues and she was like, we were all beating on drums mm -hmm. and just kids beating on drums and she was like, oh shit, went and got me drums. So after nice. that, I wanted to make beats. So all these things were wow. like encouragement 
but I was already open from a young age because of her mm -hmm. like already like so it came from really just like my mom I said mm -hmm. like just already put me up so if you have somebody mm -hmm. that like you just musically like mm -hmm. look up to or you guys vibe the same with like music that you like that's yeah. always the best thing because that starts that that'll be the enforcement. Yeah, I just yeah. like good like the shit. Parent, the I just like good shit. Yeah. Like yeah, that's what up. I was gonna say. Is like I think when your family, your parents, or anyone in your family is musically involved and you're yeah. around it, yeah. somehow, some way, you kind of end up yeah. in that lane. Well, it's funny, you know. I have a funny story. So when we were in the, uh, backstage before you guys got here, you know, we were taking a few flicks. So it was me and Perfection, and like she was the she had the camera. She had my phone. She was like, ah, do this, move this leg like this, tilt your head, and she like actually grabbed it, tilt your head like this, tilt your head down, do this. So what do, and she tells, so I find out, can I, can I say it, can I tell you the story? Yeah. Okay, so she was like, yeah, my dad was a photographer, so you know, when I came up, he would like pose me the right way, because he's professional, and the pictures would come out great. And let me tell you, it worked. Yeah, he so, wanted to take a picture, I'm like, all right, let me yeah. take the picture, but it gotta be yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> turn that way but yeah. yeah for me you know I have a lot of people in my family that were musicians you know my father particularly was in a band um, in the Dominican Republic um, for majority of my but um so yeah my father was in a band with his brothers and sisters it was like six of them um you know so i was always around that and i always loved music but it wasn't until i was a little older you know when i kind of hit college where i really found that i had a passion for it you know like i dropped out of school because i was just like I'm, I'm more of a creative you know, so I think that really influenced me. And in, in high school and middle school, I did have music classes, but I never really took it serious. Like, wow, this is what I'm going to do for the rest yeah. of my life. But I think the influence was there. I just, it just had to come out of me in order for me to actually pursue it. You know, and do you, uh, do you remember the time you said to your parents, like, um, when I grow up, I want to be a music producer. And they're looking at you like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really specific with my family in that sense because yeah. I was doing it more of like a hobby and like okay. still working and you know. Um, but when I did tell my dad, he he was like excited because he wanted me to stay in school and I was just like, look, it's just not for me. They always want us to stay in school. Yeah, and I was like, but I'm, I'm gonna, you know, music and he's like, all right, yeah. just make sure that, you know, it works. Yeah, make sure it works. it alone. So, you know, the influence was always there. And I think when I went to kind of really dive in and learn how to do production, kind of like what you were saying is mimicking. Yeah. You know, it's everybody has done a, everybody has a type B. Like, yeah, facts. you know, you find your favorite producer and you're like, I want to know how Pharrell made that, or I'm going to recreate right. what Timbo, you know, did. And I think we all kind of started there. And like you said, it does help you find your own sound eventually, you know? It's true. Atlas, what about yeah. you? Because a lot of people don't know Mundo yeah. Beats here used to sing. Being he still band. sings. Yeah. Yeah. He writes yeah. songs. And yeah. yeah. had cornrows. That's right. Yeah, cornrows and shit. Fuck off! Um, yeah, so Al, what, what like influenced you early like when you were doing your songwriting um, and stuff? Uh, honestly, I was a big fan of like harmonies and how sounds and like vocals can work together. So Glam, I had a question for you when you're saying you how in high school, did you do, because I know we did it in my school, like lunchroom, 
Hitting boom, boom, oh. boom. I, I think that was everybody. You know the side Okay, yeah. So you would do one of the hi hats. Okay. All right. So you would drum prank. Uh, drum program Jumps, with the hi Drum session, okay. nice. Drum nice. session. Any anybody needed a beat? Yeah, everybody yeah. was on the same. Yeah, like yeah. for me back in those days, I was the guy like trying to do like singing the the choruses and trying to oh. do harmonies. I was trying to be like boys to men. You know what I mean? Like that was my thing back in the day. I mean, I sang in the boy band. I was, you know, it was me and four other guys. You know, it was the black, white, Puerto Rican, and Asian guy, and I was the Puerto Rican guy. You know, we were a boy band. We were about to get signed, so it was like. We were the next best thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? We had, we had all the races down packed. We wrote all that stuff. We played guitars. And Father Dude was in the group. And if anyone, who knows Father Dude in here? Hands over hands. There we go. Got about 10 people. So, like, Father Dude was in my group. Yeah, I auditioned him to be in my group. I went out putting flyers on uh, the train looking for an Asian, uh, excuse me, Caucasian. We had an Asian first, then we did Caucasian. That's why I found Father Dude. Uh, you know, flyers and all that. I got so. a hit on the Asian singer, bro. Yo, actually, the Asian was the first one we got. And then we found Father. How many Dude. Asians in here? Raise your hand. Zen. Oh my like God, two. my God. Uh, there's like two of them. There's two. Are you Filipino? Are you Filipino? I'm Cambodian. Close oh, enough. Nice. Close enough. Close enough. We're, Close enough. we're in the same we're area. There. You're family, friend. We're You're there. Friends. You're fam, bro. Boy, boy bands you. were pretty big back yeah, in the yeah. day, though. Imagine yeah. Atlas oh, yeah. today was still in a boy band. Yeah. Now, actually, you know what I really want to do? I want to find the next boy band. I really mean that. Is that still a thing, though? It's going to be a thing. It's going to come back. It always comes back around. Anyone knows the music does circles. It comes back around. Is it going to stay? No. It'll do its little blip and disappear, but it always comes back around. Trust me. Right now, there's no boy band popping. I'm going to stay in the next year. You're gonna see like the boy band things gonna come back. What was the last Mark my boy band that was popping? Doesn't, doesn't Atlas look like like <laughs> like doesn't he look like like the, the yeah, boy band yeah. guy like come on, man. with the like, sunglasses and the drip like <laughs> he's no he's like the leader he's like looking for like new talent <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I'm like the, the Puerto Rican signing towel out there I don't know I, I don't think the boy band is coming back bro Tr yeah no, Trust boy me. Bands no, are no 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 not boy band R and B group singing like a group like Destiny Child you know what I mean potentially you, if you get two or three young Good-looking harmonies, and they can sing, and even rap that little trumpet. I, I think it's easier no to put a girl group together than it is a boy okay. group. Although, all right, so here's the question. Although it kidding? takes, it's more maintenance. It's the, more scrap. Within the past two years or three years, has there been one? Can you Wait, name one? Like a boy group? Boy I'm not one? saying boy men. I'm saying like two or three artists that are talented and young that sing and write their lyrics and 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 you know produce maybe not but who, who's yeah, out there? yeah i'm like really looking down okay so who's out there anyone out there know okay go there's a dope group called amir on youtube okay yeah. amir they're not, on youtube they're small though they're, they're not small i'm just saying like out there bts bts okay in asia right huge Huge! They're the biggest group in the world, maybe. Honestly. Maybe. There's a lot of groups in Japan that are like... The but that's what I'm saying. Works. Listen, it's gonna... Trust me. We're gonna laugh. And like, you're gonna be like, Damn, man, you were right. Watch. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Dex. That damn, man, you were right. Just like that. We'll see. We will. I'm telling you. That's gonna form a fucking R&B group. I am. I am. Find it. Raise your hand. Yeah. Raise your hand if you it. sing. Raise your hand if you sing. Who sings in here? Oh, oh, who one, knows singers? Two, oh, one, two. He gonna try to make a group. Who knows? We got singers. Two. We got a duo here. Anyone in the All back? Right, come see me after this. 
No, you're not trying to raise the hand. You're like, fuck that. Nah, nah, I see, I see like six hands going up. I'm not trying, trying to get Atlas to be my manager. Auditions. <laughs> Count me out. I'm gonna be like, sing right now. Count me out. Atlas, you, you are that kind of. I am that guy. I'm like, oh, you really that dope? Then let me hear something right now, then. Because if you that dope, let me hear it. But. I have a couple singer friends, and they say that that gets on their nerves when people do that because it's expected no, of you to do it, right? I'm only right. gonna do it if someone is soliciting their services to me, and they're saying, "Dude, I'm that next guy." I'm gonna say, "Okay, Show well, me. let me hear it right now." Okay, if you're that nice and you coming to me while I'm walking down the street or I'm here <laughs> enjoying my food, then let me hear something. And if you don't have it, then I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Right. That's the see. That's the interesting thing. It's like when you, if you're a singer or a rapper, right? I'll tell, how many rappers in here? Raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand if you're a rapper and you've got come up to a stranger and rapped for them at some point. Okay. Okay, raise your hand if, okay, um, let's say, I'll just pick a universal person that I'm sure everyone loves. Uh, you never know. I think I already know who you never know. Uh, we'll say, well, I won't even say Drake, we'll say Jay-Z. Let's say Jay-Z walked into the room right now. I'm only talking to the rappers. He don't got no pockets. <laughs> what, you what? What does that even mean? What is that? What? <laughs> what? That's what he said. He don't got no pockets. What's up? Oh, that's what, that's what Jay-Z was saying? Oh, okay. He, first he would do... Uh, he probably won't uh, say anything laugh. to yeah. you. So if, uh, if Jay was in here, he walked in, and you're a rapper, yeah. would you raise your hand if you would rap for Jay-Z? Raise your hand. Okay, uh, I would if I was a rapper. Okay. Are you just saying it because it's like rapping for him, like meaning like the given opportunity, or like I'm walking no. up behind him like, yo! No, 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 no. He's gonna I'm not talking about opportunity. I'm talking about you taking your own. Yeah, I'm talking about you gonna shoot your shot. Do that right now with Jay Z. He's gonna ignore you. No. Yeah, you're gonna shoot your shot. Just like how Big Sean rapped for Kanye. Yeah, that's how you gotta do it. But I think Kanye just has that personality. Kanye's like, I wanna listen. Right. Jay Z's kind of like. Jay's not trying to have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, Jay's trying yeah, to go Kanye home will jump out his cap and like, let me hear you. Right. Jay's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like he's like that. Yeah. That's true. So I, that's a lesson, right? It all depends on who you're trying to approach. Cause yeah. you might turn somebody off, and they might shit on you for real. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Especially Jay Z. I mean, I don't Someone tried to give Beyonce a mixtape recently. Not recently. When? It was a That's bold. A couple years ago? She didn't take it. She didn't have a pocket. She didn't have a pocket. That's what you Hell need. I get oh, it. Oh, give him a horn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now it makes that sense. But she had the ill mic rape producer. But she had the ill mic rape producer. But she had the ill mic rape producer. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. That's funny. Yeah, give it beyond the Booty loops. Alright, get out of here. That's bold. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be on different crack. Yeah, you really do. But there's something to be said about shooting your shot, though, because a lot of people are shooting their shot on Instagram mm -hmm. right now. And, and, and some of them are, are, are swishing them. Right. Um, how many of you guys have DM'd a stranger on Instagram? Don't be shy, tell the truth. You got placements off of that? Wow, what kind of placements? Like, uh, like were they just pretty random, or like you just set them beats and then they hit you back, or how'd it go? Basically, like, 
it's like it's, there's, there's like a whole process to it. Explain it. Let's hear it. So Stand up. No. My, <laughs> my bro, like his Instagram looks closer to your mouth. Pause. <laughs> my bro, his Instagram looks really like professional. Like he has like a lot of followers and he follows like a little bit. So I'm like, yo, hit up this person because I know if they see your page, they're gonna be like, oh. He looks type serious compared to my small ass Instagram. So, so right. you hit him up, I send the beat, boom, film me. So Got it. What was he saying? Yeah. And it actually happened. And it actually happened. Good for you. What was he saying though? What do you mean? Like you said, for him to hit them up. What was he telling them? Oh, oh like, I just got beats. Where you have a send? And then you. Sent your beats. Yeah. Got that's you. a good friend. Yeah, All right. Good. All right, clap it up for that. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like those stories. I like those stories. Yeah. You got to shoot your shot. Raise your hand if you've heard the Cardo Got Wings episode, Blab Chat. Fuck all of you guys. <laughs> Seriously, like, you guys are fucking. Fucked up. <laughs> Go listen to that Carter Got Wings. It was actually, what, a year ago, right? Yeah. yeah. And long story short, uh, the way that he got to Drake was basically, I think Drake already kind of knew about him already, but um, he created this like Instagram video of a, a, a snippet of a beat that he made. So it was like a video. And he noticed that Drake was following him. Mm -hmm. And then he got a DM from Drake mm -hmm. about the video. And he was like, yo, what's up with that beat? And then Cardo hit him back and he was like, yo, let's go, blah, blah, blah. He dropped his phone number. And then uh, all of a sudden he gets a phone call from Drake randomly. Wow. And they're talking on the phone and he was like, yo, send me a batch or whatever. And that's how they got close, you know what I mean? So something that Cardo did mm -hmm. made Drake kind of pay attention. Yeah. But you know, Cardo kind of, you know, he took a shot and, and he mm -hmm. switched it and, he and got his creative. life changed. And he got creative, you know? and. Um, and you know now he's got diamonds, Jesus, records. Jesus, God's plan. Clap it up for Cardo one time. Yeah. God's plan. Going diamond is a big deal, man. Yo, I got I got all my placements off Instagram. Oh, you know, come over here. Clap it up. Let me see. First, sit down. We're gonna talk about a few things. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fisk um, is a great, amazing producer. Okay, and um, he, I, we met like six years ago. I would say five years ago, um, and, and I've seen uh, him at a lot of different events. He's come to my past the Ox events, um, and ITC. the ITC, the Beat Showcase, uh, and then you know I Standard, all that stuff. And I've seen him around so many times, and we always build and. Um, you know, he's been on the grind for a long time and, and it seems like every year that goes by there's more progress, more progress. And, you know, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but a lot of times when we talk, you tell me that a lot of the stuff that I say on my YouTube and what we talk about on the podcast really helps, which is amazing. So can you tell the crowd a little bit about like what type of, you know, stuff you've applied in your own career to help you grow? I would say, every time I get around ill minds, it's like a, a restart button. So it's like, um, you gotta stay around positive people. Energy is everything. Everything I do is by myself. I can't be with my friends. The same for your friends. This is your dream, you gotta do it by yourself. Ain't nobody gonna help you. Just you and God, and these people in the room that do the same thing you do, and do it 100 miles an hour. I just made like my job, 
my side, my side job. <laughs> and I make a lot of money on the books. But my dream has to win. Mm -hmm. Right. Clap it up for that one time. Clap it up. When I first met you and you were like, you know, no placements yet, just kind of on the grind making beats, what was that turning point when you started to really expand your network and start getting placements? And what are some things that you did to get yourself to that point, to get more placements? Um, if, if you can be as specific as possible, if there's anything. I, everywhere he went, I went. <laughs> Word. Everywhere he went, they go, you got to make sure they get tired of seeing you. I would end up, I'd be like, oh, Elmo's going to be there. I'm going there. I'm going over here. I'm going over here. If he's there, it's important to be there. And uh, I would say, um, you got to do this every day, every minute. And I came here just to get more energy, yeah. to restart again, you know? And it's just like, you got to make it happen. Ain't no second plan. Ain't no... I work at a job and I hear a lot of stories of, oh, uh, I could have did that, yeah, but it, it just, and I'm like, yo, I can't be that guy back there. Right. Yeah. That guy's like 60. <laughs> no. and, and it's like, yo, I, you, that could be you. Yeah. Yep. you and that could be you quickly looking at yourself, so you gotta fight that. Right. That's what I fight a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't be that guy. Just tell, us, tell us about the uh, Instagram placement stuff. Oh, so, all right. Yeah, break going, that down. I was going through Instagram. You know, everybody emails on Instagram. Yes. Absolutely. Everybody, your favorite rapper, artist, whoever. I was going through Instagram, and uh, I think Buddhist and Grunts is working with an artist called uh, I forgot some singer with Davies before Davies Davies. Mm -hmm. So he was with a girl. So I saw this girl. I went through her page. So I took one beat and I sent it to the girl. <laughs> so she emails me back. Who is this for? I'm like, for you. She goes, Yo, it don't fit me. But it might fit my boyfriend, Mayno. Mm. I'm like, Mayno? Uh, Mind you, I was just in LA with Mayno for a week. Mm. Mm. Funny how that works. Yes, trying to get on through my friends. That didn't help me. Wow. Mm. Right, right. Mm. That's real. So I got how the email from Mayno. How didn't they help you? My boy's a major DJ. Your friends ain't gonna help you. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm around, I'm around like. That's, um, That's super facts right there. Uh, YG before he was YG, all these major artists that are major artists, I'm around them 100 miles an hour, and there's no introduction, there's none of that. It's like I didn't make beats, like we didn't grow up together. We both do music since we was like eight. When I get around you, it's like ah, oh, he does the music, only me. Right. Right. But you, you start to see some people you keep around, they keep you around not to help you, they keep you around to just show you, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to start to separate yourself from that, and that's a frustration. Within itself, especially Clap it up for that one time. That's actually, that's actually that's actually a thousand percent facts. You know, the people that are around you are either <coughs> excuse me, really riding for you, like they really want you to win, yeah. or they're keeping an eye on you. Mm -hmm. So I took it and you know? used it as a goal. So I said he's a big time DJ. So I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make him spin my record. Mm. That's how I know when I'm gonna make it. When he starts right. spinning my record, yep. he's not yep. even gonna produce it. Mm -hmm. oh. That's a that's a personal thing for me, not for him. Yep. So I made that me. Now back to the back to the Mano thing. The Mano thing. Um. So I sent the record in. She said she's gonna give it to Mano. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hits me three o'clock in the morning. She goes, yo, this is your beat, right? She has him in the booth. Yo, he's driving right. to the beat. I'm like, holy shit. Yep. <laughs> the record comes out six months later. Yep. And then from there, I just I, I was Instagram emailing the <laughs> Oh yeah, and then from there, and then from that there, you could work. you could use that that uh, 
They're placement as leverage. That's right. how it works. You got to take that one thing you get and you have to run with it. I yeah. Run with it. I was yeah. outraged. Elmas, look at this on Twitter. Elmas, Elmas. Yep. And then Elmas is like, you're going to be great. And all yeah, the messages that he credibility. sent me. Yeah, all the messages you sent me, I keep them. I got a right. message full of emails of people that are saying, yo, you're going to be dope. You're going to be. Yeah. You have to read those things throughout your journey mm. yeah. to build that courage because you're going to hit that wall. Right. It's nice It's nice to not be, um, not be hiding anything. Like, most people would be like, oh, you saved my messages? Right. I saved them shits. You I'm, I'm actually proud of that. I saved them. No, I'm fucking proud of that because I I don't send dick pics. <laughs> like, if I was someone else sending dick pics on the law, I'd be like, you saved my messages? Like, what? That's funny. So, you know, no dick pics here, guys. Sorry. That's funny. Yeah, Sorry, the, pa the Pastor Ox. I went to your Pastor Ox. That's the last one in your studio. Yeah. That thing, when we... That, la that was that the last, last week. one. Yeah, that's the one you said, yo, what you said, what the fuck you been doing for the last year? And then Ilma's got like so happy, and I was like, I never seen this guy happy. Bro. Like really, really happy, smiley. It's really hard to when you introduce your music to people for them to go. They would sit there and go, <laughs> Yeah. They won't even nod their head, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta pay attention. Right. So he got so happy, I got home, I was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, yo, Ilma's is happy. That shit made my day. That shit fucked me up. <laughs> that shit, you know that I mean? shit made my day so much that I wanted to send you a dick pic. Pause. Pause. I'm married. I'm married. Yeah, me too. Pause. Yeah, I did that shit on purpose. The only people that are offended here are the ones that don't listen to the motherfucking podcast. So whatever. You know we, we fuck around, man. We're, this, the, the comedy is very dry. Um, Frisk, man, yeah, I'm really proud of you, man. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you another Instagram big one. So um, I was on Instagram. I hit this kid up. He's looking for records. His name is King James Worthy. Um, he was on. I didn't really know who he was. I just knew the people around him. So he, I hit him, and he's like, "Yo, send me records. I need records now." I sent him records right now. I sent him like, I sent him like seven records. He called me. He goes, "Yo, I gotta." I want I want this record. I want two of them. I'm writing my first record. I'm like, all right, here we go with the here we go with the the journey of yep. yeah. the same old, same old. He's like, yo, give me 30 days. Mm. On the 30th day, he called me. Record done, cover done, puts it out. The record has over 680,000 streams right now. Amazing. On Spotify or? On SoundCloud and I think Spotify. Amazing. Oh. Amazing. Then he just called me. He just emailed me to work with Cabela. Camilla Cabella? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Camilla Cabella. Yeah. So you might be working with Camilla Cabella. She's getting signed on Warner Brothers. I think like it's crazy because stories like that are the perfect example of like life-changing placements. Like every life-changing placement, there's always like a really complex story behind it. Like you did this, did this, met someone, and then you got introduced to Camilla, and then. You know, knock on wood. Yeah, and listen, it's like, a black chat. That shit, that shit just draws your. It, it draws any future you want. There's so many different stories. I listen when I get kind of frustrated. I wake up on Saturday. I'm like, yo, I'm doing five black chat today. Five, yeah. and I would just play five straight, and then go in the studio. And it's just like a refresher. Thank you. Because you gotta, you know, everybody's story is crazy. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I think also, you know, just kind of like you said, just going a hundred and keeping the consistency of your work but also the positive mindset you know because when you work hard it's always going to happen 
you know? Yeah. So, like Ilma said, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Be a dick. Everybody gotta like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. There's a couple dicks in here. I know. <laughs> and help assholes. There's a couple, assholes. Help, there's a couple, couple alphas in here. You yeah, know help, I mean? help people. Like, Ilma's help a lot of people, so it started making me help people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I helped Brainiac, you know Brainiac. Yeah, Brainiac. Brainiac Shout came here. Brainiac. All right, Brainiac flew here, then he went to your house. Yep. All right. Up. Brainiac and Moti, I just got the replacement for the UK artist. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. The blessings are just gonna keep coming up for that. Clap it up for that one. With the same guy from Instagram, the James Worthy guy, yep. right? I told him I don't want no money. Y'all good? I don't worry about it. They go, Joe, we can't do that. They text me back. They go, this is the splits. I was like, holy shit. That's what's up. You got to But you, you got to let people, you know, everything ain't about money. And when you do stuff, you just do it because you want to do it. Yep. And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. And then they just kept us not. And then they sent me like a little paragraph. And I was like, yo. And they forwarded it to the guy. And he was like, this is how it got to be. Yep. The guy said, okay, that's how it's going to be. Record's done. The release date is January 11th. Amazing. Nice. Congrats. You're on your way. So listen. Oh, because yo, you guys, you guys got that lab thank chat. You. But, but we, you know, you. and thank you, man, for real. Um, but, you know, and we're super humbled by that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you put the work in. You know, it's like you, it, regardless of if, if our podcast is an inspiration to you, and, and we're so thankful for that and all of you guys, but, you know, we always want to you guys to feel inspired and empowered to do it your way and, and just go for it for yourself, man. Yeah. And, and I think you're a great example of like that happening. So clap it up one time for my man. My Instagram is Frisk Tracks, like Friskin' Somebody. My last name is Frisco, so Frisk Tracks. So it's T-R-A-C-K-Z, Tracks, Frisk Tracks. Tracks. And I just dropped the record this morning. Mm. And it's doing numbers already. It got, Amazing. I got a kid named Donna Roy on there. Uh huh. I'm Sugar Hill Game Family, the young okay. kid. Okay, nice. Yeah, uh -huh. so it's, it's, it's crazy. On all platforms? All, all platforms. Nice. Frisk Tracks, F-R-I-S-K, Tracks, with a Z. Clap it up one time for Chris. One more time, man. Chris Trax, my guy. My guy. My guy. Always a pleasure. <laughs> what a great story. These though. sound effects are so, like, out of control. <laughs> yeah, baby. Imagine that. That's Valentine's Day right there. After chocolate and steak. You got them bubble guts. Chocolate and steak. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, uh, I think while we're at it, you know, there's so many different things that we've talked about on our podcast. We're on episode 80-something, right, Josh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we've done 80 episodes, and, uh, you know, it's just been growing and growing, and uh, I think we've covered so many things, but I noticed, and I was just talking to someone in the back earlier today about this, but it, it always just seems to just all come back to like a few things, right? In terms of like all of us trying to be successful. And um, I, I'm gonna prove that right now, because I think what we should do is do some Q&A. I'm gonna take some specific questions, questions from you guys. And what I'm, what I'm thinking is gonna happen is a lot of the solutions to a lot of you guys' questions are gonna fall under the same kind of brewery foundational things. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that because that's that's what we're all trying to discover. It's like one big experiment. So uh, raise your hand if you have a question. First one up right here. All right. Yell it out. Oh, 
cool. Actually, sit down over here. Yeah, yeah come over here. I'm gonna give you the mic. What's your name? What's your name? I'm gonna. What is it? Silence. Clap it up for silence. My guy, what's your question? Um, question. So you posted a couple. I think it was like. Yesterday. Hold it to your mouth. Pause. You posted like yesterday um, on Instagram, saying like how you love failures um, and like going through failures and stuff like that is what made you who you are. What do you classify failures as a producer that really like help you get to places you want to be? How do I classify failure? Yeah. Basically, what, like what are what are this, what do those failures look like in, okay. in the future? Um, I'm, gonna, I'm, go, I'm like rewinding back my life <laughs> in my mind like a videotape, like rewinding and shit. Um, failures, so many. Uh, dropping out of college. Um, being like a D student because I didn't give a shit. My parents yelling at me for having terrible grades. Uh, being broke, not having any money, and like asking my mom for money so I can go watch a movie. Um, um, I remember being in a really bad car accident, and it was my fault. I was a fuck up. Um, signing a bad publishing deal, 2011. I don't know if you guys know that, but I signed a, a publishing deal, and it wasn't. It was a bad publishing deal, but it was my fault because I didn't have an attorney and I didn't, I didn't show an attorney the contract. I just signed it. Like they sent me version number one and I signed it and it was really bad publishing deal. Like um, I basically did it for the money and it wasn't that much money, it was $10,000, right? And it was like a, a four song MDRC. So I was stuck. And uh, I was really struggling financially, um, you know, career-wise, things were kind of on the up slowly, but I was still very much underground, um, still, you know, trying to like break through, break through, and um, I didn't know what to do, you know? So I really just programmed my brain to focus on the positive and to look at every mistake and every failure as a blessing. And it ended up being a huge blessing, by the way. Uh, if I had not signed that publishing deal, I probably would have signed a publishing deal in 2012 when I got the placement with Kanye. I produced uh, Cruel Summer, or um, The Morning on Cruel Summer in 2012. And after I produced that record, it was uh, me, Travis Scott, Mike Dean and Jeff Basker, and we split the publishing, and, and my cut was like pretty significant. So after I produced that record, I had a whole bunch of publishing companies hitting me up, Sony, Universal, emails like, hey, what's up, Illmind? Congratulations on being on Kanye's album. Uh, let's have a meeting, you know? And at that point, I didn't have a manager, I didn't have an attorney yet, um, but I, I was stuck in this publishing deal that I had signed two years prior. So if I had never signed that publishing deal, I probably would have signed with like Sony or Universal or one of those deals in 2012. I probably would have signed it. And it probably would have been for a little bit more money, but it probably would have got me stuck in this place. And where I'm at now, I probably never would be here if I did sign that. Because 
that deal would have taken me to a whole nother trajectory of shit. And I remember when I signed my publishing deal in 2010, the shitty one, 2011 was when I put my drum kits out, lab kits. Uh, and I don't think I would have did that if, 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 I, if I didn't sign that shitty publishing deal. Mm -hmm. um, and so in 2012, if I would have signed with someone else, that would have taken me to a different uh, you know, place in my career now. So I'm gonna fast forward. So fast forward to now 2018, um, I'm signed to Cobalt Publishing. And it took my manager and my attorney about two years to get me out of my old publishing situation. Two years of negotiating and figuring out loopholes and all this stuff. And this was back in 2015, right? So in 2015, finally got out of my publishing, my old publishing deal and signed with Cobalt. And then in 2016, Cobalt, who I'm currently signed to, purchased the entire catalog of the old publishing company that I was signed to. And I got to reabsorb all of my old publishing and, and now I own everything. Good for you. That's great. Good for you. Okay. Let's back that up. So sorry to be like long story, but that in 2010, that was a huge failure. But now in 2018, I, I own all of my publishing and I have an amazing deal with Cobalt and those guys are amazing, and uh, my attorney is killing it. He's, you know, really good with COBOL. He's, Mike Will is also signed with COBOL, a lot of people, and he, my attorney also represents Mike Will, so we, he's really good with, with that whole publishing stuff, and, and none of that would have happened if I didn't sign the shitty deal. So, long story short, I say that to say that failures are amazing to me, because I know that me failing is, me trying something. Mm -hmm. And if I don't try stuff, I'm never really gonna get anywhere. So my life is just a consistent, uh, you know, rotation of just trying stuff. Like try, 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 let's do a live podcast, let's do a podcast, let's do a YouTube channel. You know, let's put a drum kit out, let's sell a $700 pizza box, like <laughs> on blackkits.com, you know. Um, let's go to fucking Europe and do Pasty Ox tour, like, these are all huge risks, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I'm doing them and a lot of them are working. And behind the scenes, there's a lot of work that's being done, you know? So um, it, that's, that, I guess that's the, the message at the end of the day is mm -hmm. the more you fail, the more you know that you're closer to where you want to be. If you're not failing, you're, not, you're nowhere near where you want to yeah. be. So yeah. failing is great. Yeah. Failing is good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, Hill, I wanted to say, please, shout out to, to your uh, lawyer, Vinny, but shout out to your manager, John Master, Thanks. for two years fucking fighting for your ass to get you out of that shitty deal. Yep. You know what I mean? So shout out, John Master, uh, Hill's manager, for that. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, it's not that story. To me, I was coming from the artist side of things, like as a songwriter, you know, like, when I came up, you know, we were in the R&B group, and then I started that group, like, putting out flyers, putting an ad in the Village Voice, renting out a space, 
with my own money. So people, you know, the people came to audition for me, and I and I made my group. That's how I found Father Dude. You know, and we all lived together, and we rehearsed five days a week. Imagine living with your like group. You know, and everyone has jobs, nine to fives, and everything, and you're rehearsing five days a week. Our harmonies super tight. You think you're going to be out of here. You know what I mean? And you know, we about to, we had a lot of labels ready to sign us. You know, and then all of a sudden it just falls out from under your friggin', you know, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I'm saying? So you gotta figure it out. So for me, I went from, you know, songwriter, artist, you know, to then, I, you know, managing studios. You know, I had a studio in Times Square, uh, called Town Association, which is still there. You know, just finding artists to record there. So kind of a and on different projects, you know. Then obviously meeting Ill, you know, I mean, that was a huge thing in my life as well. You know, and just kind of figuring out um, like, I went from artist to managing studios, to managing artists, to managing producers, to doing a podcast, to doing events, to, you understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, there's so many options in the music industry for you to strive at. So if, if you want to be the best producer and it doesn't work out, listen, I'm all for it. keep going, never quit, but maybe manage producers. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, do licensing, work for a licensing company and find young producers that you could put on. You know what I'm saying? So there's it's so crazy. many different options. It's crazy because that goes back to what we were saying earlier, like the, the idea of trying shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, exactly. you just got to try. Right. Exactly. Like, there's no... Um, there's no downside to trying a bunch of stuff. Exactly. Really and isn't. I think anytime you're gonna try something new, you're more than likely gonna fail at it. Or mm -hmm. not it it all it also depends on what your definition of failure is. Exactly. You know That's, what I mean? Yeah. But exactly. I think anytime you're you're trying to start something new, you know, you might fail at it. Yeah. But I think yeah. like you say the beauty of failing for me. If I fail at something, I'm going to be frustrated. Right. You know what Naturally, I mean? I think that's right. natural. I'm going to be frustrated. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, there's always a lesson to be learned. Exactly. And there's always a way to do something different so that you won't fail next time. And it might take you a couple tries, but that's the thing about failure is if you don't do something good the first, second, or third time and you keep trying and keep trying, you're just going to get better. So yeah. I think that's the beauty of failure is eventually you get better and then it gets better. That's true. Raise your hand if, if you work out like in the gym, you pump iron and shit. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna raise my hand high because I knew for sure. I saw that commercial too. You know what I mean? A6. <laughs> that shit was a workout. Man. They had like two trainers on set. There's like craft Dude. services, fucking pancakes. And then like after I'm done eating, this yeah. motherfucker got me doing lunges. <laughs> trying to make backwards. It was a real ass workout, man. See, but that's something I would do though. Is just yeah. stuff my face and then be like, I oh. guess. Yeah. Had to do that, <laughs> completely opposite. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, working out. How many people work out? So the workout thing. I'm going to keep this short. So basically, you know, when you work out, when you pump iron, the whole idea is to, you know, uh, maximize your weight or reps, and you keep going until you your muscles fail, right? So it's this whole thing of like, you know, bench pressing or doing curls or whatever exercise you're doing. You do it until you can't do it anymore. And that's when you reach failure. And then, you know, if you're working your biceps that day, you wait a couple days to rest your biceps. Right. And then you go back and do it again, fail again, work out till you fail. And then after a month, you're much stronger than you were before. Yeah. And this music game, this being a producer, a rapper, a singer, it's the same exact thing. It's like all we're doing is just 
working until we fail. Once we fail, then we have this rest period of you know reassessing and 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 trying different things and learning from our mistakes, and then we come back stronger. And then eventually, you reach that point where you know you have you know uh, you're bench pressing fucking 300 pounds. That's a Grammy right there. You know what I'm saying? That's when you're ready. Or you get thrown into a room with Jay-Z, you know, and he's like, play me some beats. Well, you you know, you can bench press 300 at that point. So then you knock that out the ballpark, mm -hmm. and now you're on your way to a Jay-Z placement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you put the work in. You failed enough times to be strong enough mm -hmm. for that moment. So um, literally, that's, that's really what the, all this bullshit fucking comes down to is... How much are you really failing? Because if you're not failing, then you're not strong enough. You're not, yeah. you're not where you need to be. If you're not failing, you're not trying. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you're yeah. not failing, you're not trying. You know, and yeah. if you're not trying, then then what are you doing? You're sitting there doing shit. You know, so at the end of the day, you know, shout out to Frisk, man. Where is he? She's Frisk. Dude, your story, again, I've known you for years. You know, we, were, we would always say, you know, you're one placement away. And then the placement happened for you. You know, it's like... And then that's the whole thing is you just try, try, try. You shot that DM. And it went, and you know, and, and it went. Let me tell you what I just did, right? I bought a convertible, right? <laughs> Let me tell you what I did. Wow, convertible. I bought a convertible. And so once the time came, I got two cars. Mm -hmm. I took the insurance off both of the cars now. So I can't drive nowhere. So now I'm just doing fucking music for the whole winter. Wow. So now both of my cars are in my driveway, and my wife's like, what, okay. what are you doing? I'm like, yo, go take a Uber. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to drive my mind, and because of mm -hmm. that, everything is just like so focused. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm like, I'm like a horse, like this now. Like, Amazing. You gotta control your death, you control your own destiny, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. I just wanted to say that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Guys, a round of applause to silence one time. Yeah. Coming up here, yes, sir. It's kind of like when you say bye to somebody and you leave, but they're going the same way you are. You're like, oh, shit, fuck. God damn it. I hate when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody else got any questions? Yeah, right more questions. Um, let's go my man Broadway. My man right here? And we'll okay. go to you next. Here, come up. Here, use this come one. Come on and take the hot seat. What's going on, Broadway? Um, this is less of a question, but it's more of a, um, you help me out by putting an emphasis on... Um, I just dropped my first sample pack on my nose that because I, I know you're under his imprint actually. Yes, kitsohar.com. So um, I have a lot of friends who do beats and stuff like that, but um, you know they have beats and they they're not creative with how to get them just out there. And I, I just want to emphasize on just be you have to think outside the box of how to get your shit out there because I I do weird shit like I would look at Illmind's followers and see emails who has emails on their Twitter account and email these producers just to just to get my little sample sample kit out there and it got me a lot of success. Um, I reached out to Andrew Master, who's his manager's brother. Yeah, shout out Andrew. Yeah, so uh, and now I got a, a kit on his site, um, and that's just because I was thinking outside the box of how to get my shit out there rather than just sitting complacent. Yeah, not, not just sitting there with a product and not doing anything with it. Exactly. And I, I think it's uh, you just have to. There's, there's two hustles. You got to do the music, and you also have to get that music to something. Then what's the point? You know what I mean? So I just want want to ask you, like, what what are some of the ways you thought early early on? of how to, how to be creative and getting your shit out there and getting known. Getting out there? Yeah. Um, I knew you from the Ustream days too, remember? So yep. that was like one of the most innovative things I've seen a producer yeah. do is start a community like this. Yep. And that's like, that's one of the ways, like, you know, you, you got known as a producer by being the producer's producer. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, for, for me, it was always, it was always trying to just be around 
people that are like me. Right. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to, by all means necessary. So if that's over Ustream on the internet, cool. If that's over IG Live, cool. If that's a podcast, cool. If that's past the aux, cool. Yeah. You know, and even like back in the day when I first started doing this shit, I was just going to events. I was going to events. I was going to, I had a, a big homie who used to DJ a lot of the parties and I would just go to the parties with him and like carry crates and just like be there. And then I would meet like rappers and other producers and other DJs and he would introduce me. And at that time I started making beats. So I wasn't like giving CDs out, but I was just meeting people and, and networking, man, and getting to know people, you know? And, and and that's that's how it started for me you know like just getting to know people and and, and really just surrounding myself by like-minded people i mean i know that sounds so cliche but it's just that's what it is you know and and now with the internet i feel like we're all so spoiled right we're, we're so spoiled like to be in this room with all these producers and creators like this is this is super rare you know this is like low-key like unheard of almost yeah. You know that's what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my. You know, I want to add to Ill's point. You know, when you're talking about branding yourself as a producer, Ill Mind's obviously a genius at that, right? Exactly. And uh, and what you have to remember when you're doing a brand like someone like yourself, and you're trying to figure out how to get out there and thinking outside the box, is you have to think about different touch points, right? So when you're thinking about touch points, you're thinking about how can I create five to seven different touch points on people out there to see my brand. And let's think about Ellie, he's a perfect example. Boom, you do the kids. You know, yeah. you do the, the U streams. You do the podcast. Yeah. You do the DJing. So you do, you know, the clubs. You do the past the aux. I just named, I just named six touch points. Right. Yeah. So everybody in here needs to find out, okay, what touch points, how can I create three to five right now? Touch points. In different ways for my brand to get out there. I've never so, used that word, touch, touch, touch points. points. Yeah, touch points. So when you, Do we so have to pause that or so, no? No, I mean, maybe, but, you know, but think about it. It's like when it comes to sales, you have to at least, if you're cold calling somebody or this, that, or whatever, you have to at least reach out. You have to speak to them at least five to eight times for them to buy. So you need touch points, a text, or this, yeah. a podcast, whatever. Figure out what your touch points are. Create three to five of those touch points and put them out there. And I'm telling you, your brand will grow. Yeah. Trust me. It's good, it's good to have like placements, I, have, like, I have a Joel, I, I got my first placement with Joel, Ortiz, and I hey. did some work with Shady and all, but it's, it's yep. good to have that, but even if I didn't, I feel like, thank you, appreciate that. Even if I didn't, I feel like I'd still just like, you know, to just, just try to put myself in front of people. It yeah. helps to have those placements, because then you, you know, you get, yeah, oh, they'd be like, okay. Yeah, a pla right. placements, a placement is a touch point. Right. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. you guys, I, I, let me tell you guys, like, every time I get a placement, I get... Uh, I get a, a text or a call from someone in the industry that I haven't spoken to in a while, right? 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 And it's because, hey, yeah, it's because it's that specific, hey, you know what I'm saying, hey, big head, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, big head, oh my God. You know what I mean. And then dick pic following. Oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I get I get an in the, I get someone in the industry texts me or calls me right after I get a placement, and and I think that kind of goes in line with what Alice said about touch points is that placement was like a fourth or fifth touch point for that person right. to say oh shit I, sh I should hit ill mind up because right. I saw him on Instagram right. a few times 
And then I saw him on this Asics commercial. And then I saw him on the Black Panther album. Let me text this motherfucker. And it, you know what I'm saying? Like, touch points. So it's like visibility touch points. How can you maximize the, where you're seen, but in sort of this weird creative way? Like, some of you guys have probably seen me a6, right? Raise your hand if you saw that fucking commercial. <laughs> okay, it's nationally syndicated. Me working out. Um, how many of you guys have seen me on Gary V's podcast? I've seen that. All right. How many of you guys have seen my YouTube? How many of you guys have seen my name in a in a in a production credit on an album you're listening to? How many of you guys have have purchased my kids? Yeah, touch points. Just. Multiple, all you guys are touching me right now. Pause, 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 pause. There's no reason why all of you guys aren't able or shouldn't be able to do exactly what I'm doing, but in your own way, right? Like, and I'll tell you, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, honestly. I don't know. Oh, please. No, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. But all of my decisions are made based off of, uh, based off of fun and instinct, and just and just energy. going for and energy. It's instinct, you know. It's like when they say, I don't know if you guys saw Pharrell's interview. Pharrell had an interview on uh, Complex recently, and they're asking him, like, you know, I think they asked him, like, what drives you, or whatever, and he was just like instinct, you know, like me being in a room or injecting my instinct into a song or a product or or a piece of clothing or a shoe is kind of where the magic is. And I think all of us as artists and creatives in here, we all have our own unique instinct when it comes to certain shit. So I think we're all individual here enough to be able to apply our own instinct to certain things. We were and, talking about that outside. We yeah. Were, we were talking about the word organic. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gluten-free, grass-fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we found that this instinct just, even when like we were talking about starting a beat, like we don't we don't plan what's going to happen with that beat. Yeah. We sit down, we find the sound, and then we find a chord progression, and then it just happens. You don't go and plan it, and you're, I'm going to make, I don't anyway, yeah. and I don't think Elman does, I guess you guys don't know, but it's instinct. And then you should apply that to business, and you should apply that, apply that to your approach about getting yourself out there, which is, uh, that's why I asked Chris about, his Instagram story, because recently, I'm a friend of that DJ Cast one from Hot 97. Mm -hmm. I saw him post uh, this kid from, from Harlem, um, some video, that, and this shit was hot, like Bobby Shmurda shit, nobody knows this kid. So I said, you know what, I DM'd this kid, and I was like, yo, I'm friends with Cass, I saw your video, and now I sent him like 27 beats, this kid is in college in, in Kentucky, he's coming back to Harlem to record, he's, he's recording like 10 of my beats now. Amazing. Right. He Fire. might be the next Bobby. What if he blows up? Right. Exactly, so you gotta, you got if you have shit, Get that shit out there. Find out how to do it. Find them early. Yeah. Find them. Find them early. Clap it up for Broadway one time. Thank you, Broadway. All right, my guy, my guy had a question over here. Come on up. What's your name? Maverick. Maverick. Clap it up for Maverick one time. Clap it up for Maverick, which is Hey, Maverick. Ma Maverick definitely dressed for the room. Yeah. That that sofa, that couch looks yeah. so good. Meant to be. I Meant hope to so. Be. You I should think take so. Take some photos. Yeah. Uh, so what's your thing, deal, man? What's up? I want to say thank you because uh, just I stumbled upon who you were. 
Nice. I did not know. It wasn't through ASICs. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, good. I stumbled upon you. This through... guy doesn't know how to work out. Let me start following him. <laughs> I stumbled upon you through working out through a very interesting time in my life. Mm. And hearing, uh, are you on 10 yet? While I was working out, propelled my thoughts to be like, damn, who the fuck made this beat? Amazing. So I've been making music since I was 16. I'm selling a homegirl here, Nyla, about that. And FL Studio also, big fan of FL Studio. Um, and hearing you produce in this time in my life where I was learning, I was relearning how to produce. And you talked about hitting the wall. Everybody has to hit this wall. It is very fucking necessary. Without hitting this wall, you don't recognize who you are and why you are doing it. Hearing you and hitting this wall simultaneously led me to be a better producer. Amazing. So. Amazing. Uh, what I want to voice the opinion to the room and to you is, are there, was there a moment, all right, so we all have friends and family that support or don't support what we do, right? And everybody has a person in their life that they want to root for them harder than anyone else. Is there a point where, when do you recognize the point where I can no longer depend emotionally on anyone else but myself to get to the next step. Depend on emotionally. Yeah. Got it. Um, when did you recognize that? It's a battle, right? It's a, it's a, to be a producer, to be a creative or an artist, this is such an emotional thing. It is. Like when you do, I, I record people, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah. uh, when you, I record people, engineer, A&R, there's a level of therapy that goes through you and the artist before y'all create. Or oh, I feel like needs to happen. Yeah. So we not being acknowledged, especially as mad dudes in here, we not acknowledging our emotions, we get to this point and then so many people give up because of relationships, because of parents, mm -hmm. friends. How do you show that to everyone else so we don't Got you. jump that Here, bridge? Here's, here's my answer instinct. And I want you guys to answer this too because Women haven't figured it out, by the way. So clap if you're a woman in here, you're you are the God's gift because men are trash. Straight up, we're trash. Straight men up. are trash. Straight up. No, we'll, we'll get into that. But men are we're trash. First of all, okay. So I, let's get that out the way. Um, my instinct to that tells me I'm going back again, and I'm thinking about how I feel now and how I used to feel and everything in between. And I think for me, at least, what I've always done was just put myself first. I put myself first, right? And, and at first, when you hear that statement, you think, oh, he's just like, he cares about himself, and he's like Tin Man, and he's like self, he doesn't care about other things or other people. But I think that when you analyze yourself and your situation, and if you have this sort of like aspiration to help people, that help people that you care about, and whether you have children or you have a significant other or family or friends, you want to be able to provide for these people, right? You can't, you can't provide for people if you're running on empty. That's really just what it comes down to. So I'm in this consistent. I have this. Uh, Venn diagram in my mind at all times where I'm always just trying to make sure my tank is full. Because if my tank is full, I'm fucking dangerous. Wanna know why? Because I fucking give. 
you know? I, I mean, if my tank is full, I can't fit any more gasoline. So it's time for me to go out and, and, and make moves, you know? Um, so if you're at the point where you're, you're empty and you're consistently trying to give, 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 and you feel depleted, and to me, that's no way to live life. So I'm always of the philosophy of put yourself first, get your, your shit straight, and then start providing for other things. And obviously there's different ways, like if you have children, obviously you, your children, having, having a child is such a selfless thing. Like I can't wait for the day that I have my first child. I ain't got no kids, I know what you're talking about. Right, but when I do, I know it's gonna change my life and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an amazing father and it's gonna be about them. But I still need to be, I still need to be full. I still need to have enough to provide for that child, right? Um, so I think that's really important and I know that's controversial in a way and I know that Honest. might be hard for people to understand but as long as I'm fucking good, trust me, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure everyone else around me is good as well. And that's what, that's my thing. So. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense of, you know, you got to put yourself first, you know, to a certain degree. You got to prioritize yourself just as much as you prioritize other things, whether it's helping other people or children relationships you've got to learn how to give back to yourself um, you know a lot because people can motivate you and people can be there to help you but ultimately you are the one that's going to physically do whatever work it takes to get yourself to the next level so you know I think as far as like emotions I'm a, I'm a very emotional loving Virgos. I'm we a fucking Virgo, so you know. I think I'm also learning that more, more so now is how to take control of my emotions, and also a big part of it is learning how to not take things too personal. You know, because when you get too emotional, you might be taking something personal, or yeah. you know, you might be too invested in that thing where it affects you to that point. Mm -hmm. So it's just you know analyzing what that is and and being able to kind of control your emotions. You know. I agree. Facts. I agree to that. I also feel like when you do do that, let me start with my, I guess yeah. mine. Yeah, um, please. Where should I start? Well, it, maybe it's, it's not it's the same, but it's not. For me as an artist and having like supportive family and supportive fans or like friends, you have people that you just kind of want that. Uh, camaraderie from like right. you look at other artists like your peers yes, yes right. you look at artists like your peers so it's right. like you don't look at yourself like a fan first you look at them like oh I'm one of them but at one point you do want that like that validation mm -hmm. and so one of my homeboys he told me this story and I don't want to say the person's name because it's not it wasn't a reflection upon him mm -hmm. but I bring this up, I bring this up to say like um, he did he opened up for him this is my boy he opened up for this other artist that's big that me and him both love. So he opens up for this artist in like a whole nother country. So I hadn't seen him, so we finally like catch up to each other. I'm like, yo, like, how was that? Cause I know when I saw it on Instagram and all this shit, I'm like, I know he's going crazy right now. Like, how was that? And he was like, oh, I actually didn't even get to meet him. And he was like, but I did run into him in LA and like, we had a passing, we had an exchange. So I had an opportunity to say, oh, like I da 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 da. So when he, he circled back to him, was like, oh, word. And then like basically said something like, oh, you're the one with the shirt, right? Something like that, like he didn't remember him for shit. And it had, it, he had this moment where 
he realized that, um, and he was telling me, he was like, I had this moment where we have to detach the umbilical cord mm -hmm. from our idols and the people that we really want the acknowledgement from, mm. mainly because it's the people that are gonna speak for you. That's who you have to pay attention to. You pay attention to the people who don't know you from anything that just heard you on the gram, just heard you on SoundCloud and message you and say, yo, you're dope. That's who you have to listen to. That's who you talk to. That's who you engage with. You hit all of those people back, all in your messages. Those are the, that's the encouragement because as you can see, like they're just like us. Our, our, they don't owe us anything, but we feel like they do because we love them so much and we want them to acknowledge how much we acknowledge them. But they didn't, you know what I'm saying? They had to come, they had to get it from the people. Like just how maybe, except for Beyonce, I think everybody looks at one person, yeah. just how you're looking at, at somebody else, somebody's looking at you like, damn. And there's another person that's looking right. at them like, damn. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. So what's that thing? No life is better than yours. Yeah, no such thing as life that's better than yours. Love yours. Yeah, it's so true. Like, glam hits such a, a strong point because, you know, we all need to find inspiration somewhere. You know, like, I'm inspired too. Like, I, I, don't, I don't just, like, go around. I, like, I need fucking inspiration and I need to go to shows and feel inspired. Like, you know, so I, I think we all just kind of have those things and, and, and have to embrace that. And, and that's it. So uh, can I leave something with the people? Please. Yeah. Right. So uh, last thing I want to say. Well, thank you, thank you, all of you. Thank you, all of you, for existing and then sharing with all of us because we all need these levels of encouragement at whatever level in the stage. My man Fritz, I, who I just heard of today, you motivated the fuck out of me. But uh, there's two kinds of pain in this world, my friends. There's a pain of discipline and a pain of regret, and That's you always have to choose one of those. That's a fact. Reach. Yep. Done, done. Silence. <laughs> was that? that was a pin drop. You should have dropped the mic. I should have given you the Shout mic. Out, silence. Dropped it and exited. Like that was. But that is a fact, though. It's either yeah. you're gonna regret you not doing it, or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have pain of not yeah. doing it, or you're gonna have pain it's, like fuck. I'm tired. So, oh, that's why. That's why it's just so much better to just do the work. Yeah, it's so much better to just like do it. You right. know, like right. like just do the thing because. No one, no one really like. At the end of the day, like people, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Like no one's sitting there waiting for you to like try something and then fuck it up and say, yeah. "Ha ha, you failed." Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. no one, people, because people, Shitty yeah, that's what you think. Head. You make it up in your head. It. Well, even if they are doing that, they're they're the bottom of the barrel. You can't they're the bottom of the barrel. There's something I wanted to say about that yeah. too. Yeah. I, do. I feel like I feel like it's really important. It's something that you touched on. For me, everything is personal. I take everything personal. Mm. This is yeah. my shit. This is what I want to do with my life. This mm -hmm. is how I plan to provide for my family, mm -hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. My thing is, and, and I had to learn this too, it's not really a failure, I think it just comes with age. You can feel exactly how you want to feel, but don't show them everything. Nice. Know how to place your emotions, know how to separate and say, no, yeah. I don't like that shit. I don't really fuck with that dude, but you know what? I see the bigger picture. Always be willing to step back yeah. because yeah. I've shot myself in the foot a mm -hmm. few times with people right. that I could have fucked with that are popping, but because they did something that I didn't like, and it wasn't even like, oh, I had to mm -hmm. like, you know, it was just like I really didn't, I was that strong in my head. Like, I was like, I don't fuck with that. But I wasn't able, it was blocking me from seeing mm -hmm. what I could have benefited from. If you don't like that person, 
fine. Smile and kill the fuck out of yeah. them. That's yeah. all you got. That's it. Don't show them everything. Yeah, but one also thing, too, but also too, hold on real quick. There are like very successful businessmen out there and women that m do business and make millions and millions of dollars with people they fucking hate. Yep. Does that make right. sense? You, you guys, you hear what I'm saying? So like, you have to learn how to not take it. I don't mean mm -hmm. you. I just mean in general. Like, as a person, it can like, always don't, be personal. Yeah, you can take it as personal as you want, but at the end of the day, what does that really mean? Right. You know, you want to like progress and keep moving. If you take it personal, you're gonna you're gonna hit a you're gonna stop. You don't want to stop. You always want to move, and you always want to move forward. And always remember this. And we touched upon it earlier. At the end of the day, nobody owes you fucking shit. Yep. And nobody also, owes you shit. So it could be your man, your homie, your brother, your cousin, your mom, whatever the fuck it is. You always have to move forward. Right. And you always have to be positive and you have to be humble. And at the end of the day, keep, you know, changing and progressing. You know what I'm saying? But always be like we always say, don't be a dick at the end of the day. Well, one thing also kind of, you know, when he was touching on like the emotional thing and taking things personal, it's also understanding that everyone is their own person. You know, so if someone feels a way about you or a situation, and this is what I've learned like with ages I've gotten older, is sometimes it's not always you. Right. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Sometimes exactly. it's their perspective, what they're going through, what you know, their bad opinion. Mm -hmm. So it's about like that detachment, like investing in you enough to know like, okay, I'm always improving, you know, I'm always gonna be better, but I'm not gonna take anything personal to where it's gonna hold me back. Yeah, and there's always, and there's always, uh, what was the percentage, like the breakthrough and like, uh, it was like 13% of people out there. You know what I'm gonna be, we talk about that? Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, basically there's uh, the percentage of like fans. Right. Who, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's, it's this theory. I don't think it's a theory. I believe it's fact, actually. But, you know, there's this thing where if, if you're a musician or a producer or if you're in this position to gain fans, basically the rule of thumb is once you gain 13% or higher, once you get over that threshold of 13% of your fan base that you've won over, then word of mouth takes over. That 13% is enough people for word of mouth to kind of, you know, come into effect and successfully increase your fan base. Obviously, mm -hmm. every situation is different and those numbers can fluctuate, but at some point in time, all of us have to put the work in enough to have just enough fans to reach a breaking point to where we can reach that next level of, you know, I have a thousand core fans globally, that's enough to get me from 1,000 to 10,000 in 12 months. And then another 12 months after that, I go from 10,000 to 40,000. And then from there, you're on your way. And we've seen it time and time again. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Everyone that's successful right now, you know, we've seen the bottom of the barrel. Now they're up, you know. So yeah, and, and people are gonna say, "Well, how do I do that?" We just told you guys earlier. Touch points. Pause. Touch points. And dick All pics. Day. No dick pics. No yeah. Dick pics. All right, we're gonna do one more question, and All we're right. gonna. All right. Who should we get? Who should we get? Oh. He had his hand up really early. All so right. We'll All right. Let's go. What's your name? Dev. 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 Clap up for Dev real quick. One Shout time. out to Dev. What's up, Dev? What's going on, guys? Appreciate right. the time. Um, of course. We've been talking a lot about placements, 
And uh, you'll, you know, you'll hear different things from different producers. So some producers will say, yeah, chase the placement, chase the placement. And then you also hear a lot of producers say, latch on to an artist or find an artist that's up and coming or somebody that you believe in and work with them. So I know I've been working with Silence for like probably close to two years now. And uh, you know, him and I have a great working relationship. Another artist I work with is my sister. She's an R&B singer. Amazing. So um, if you can just kind of talk about that, like, you know, everybody says, yeah, placement, placement, placements. But what about, you know, the Drake 40 combinations of the world? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm always going to lean towards building with artists and building something special from scratch with them. Uh, that's just always going to be a good strategy. You know, uh, the, the placement stuff is, it, it's such a, it's such a unpredictable thing that if, if you're developing artists, you're increasing your chances of placements anyway, because you're getting closer and closer to reaching success, real success, like building a real foundation from scratch with another artist. And then when you get to that certain point with that person, then placements, you know, placement opportunities start to open up after that. You know, you know, placements, getting major label placements, like getting on big albums, are a result of like a multitude of shit that you did. You know, and there's a large percentage of part of that component being working with other artists. So it's always going to be beneficial to work with upcoming artists or or just other artists in general, that's going to increase your chances of eventually getting major placements. And, you know, it took me a, a really long time to get, like, my first major placement. I, I spent the first six to seven years just working with underground people, like selling beats for $50 and working with Elda Sensei mm -hmm. and Acrobatic and Little Brother and, you know, all these underground guys in, in the mid-2000s. That was, like, my underground era. Um, and then, you know, 2012 hit and I got a Kanye placement. And then J. Cole, and then Drake, and then, 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 you know? So, took a long time, but, so it's, it's always beneficial to work with underground and then eventually get to the major placements, of, you know, afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, I don't like the term chasing placements. It just, yeah. I think we all kind of, producers especially, like we have this false vision of like what that looks like. You know, you sit down in an A&R office you know, like, play me some beats, okay, right. this one is for Rihanna. Right. This one's for Drake. Yeah. This one I'm going to play for Jay-Z in one hour when I see him. Not, not, not happening ever. Mm -hmm. You know, false. So, yeah, I think you're on the right path. I feel like in this day and age, you can do all of it, though. You can. Especially with the internet. No, you can. Like, I think it's great to build with an artist. Like, if you find an artist that's dope, why not it be you that helped to break them, right? Like, you yes. want to be a part of that, especially as a producer. Yes. You know, um, but the way shit is now, you can you can just email somebody, you know. Um, yeah. One of the guys that had the question at Broadway, um, he was saying that he emails people, and I check all my emails. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, like, if you're really, if you get a lot of emails, you send a lot of emails, you do business via email, you're always checking your emails. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I agree. I think, I, I wasn't saying to not do anything else. I think no, you yeah. should absolutely do it all. But I think if you're That's a producer, a yeah, if you're a producer, you should, you should be developing artists. I think there's, I, I just think that's a crucial component to it all. You know, like for me, my artist development phase was Sky Zoo. Sky Zoo taught me how to like 
make beats for someone who could really rap. Because he's like a master poet, rapper. He also, I also learned how to engineer, how to mix, how to master, how to put an album together, how to really mm -hmm. produce an artist. You know, I learned from him by producing him. And he's not the biggest artist in the world, but I learned from him, yeah. you know? So I just think the act of developing an artist and producing an artist is just crucial if right. you want to be successful as a producer, so. Yeah, but Avian is definitely 100% right, yeah. Uh, yeah, because in a sense, like, what's chasing a placement, like you said? Unless yeah. you unless you do have access to A&Rs and it's easy for you to go to someone's office, do that. But yeah. if you're, like, trying to, like, stand in front of every label in hopes of, you know, passing out a, 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 a USB, it's like, eh. Not gonna happen. You know, I check on my email, so if anybody has any samples or melodies, you know, I, I check on your email. Tell them your email um, right now. <laughs> Tell them. Get up Perfection. Perfectionproductions09 at gmail.com. You heard so that, I've, guys. I've had you got people, one shot. Hurry up. I've had people who send me melodies, and I check my email. So I think that's a good way to, you know, to obviously get a placement is to email people. Because yep, more right. than likely, people are checking their email. Unless, you know, they have a thousand emails throughout right. the day. You know, they might not get to it, but I think the way the internet is now and how easily accessible it is to find someone's yeah. email, like on their Instagram yep. and shit, you can like use that as an avenue, but definitely developing an artist from the bottom Absolutely. is also exactly. a great way. Listen, this goes back to what we just talked about, guys. And listen, I'm not trying to like beat a dead horse. Touch points, email them, DM That's them, the word text of the them, retweet Touch them, points. comment on their thing, like the comments. You know, like yep. do everything you can. See them in person. Go to the yeah. events. Shake. Let me get, let me give you a quick example, and this applies to fr uh, Frisk and Broadway. You multiple touch points. Pause. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I see Frisk I'm at telling you. at at a, at a show at a DITC showcase. Right. And then I see him, and then he tells me what his Instagram is. Mm -hmm. I start, you know, I see his name, and then I see him at another event, and then mm -hmm. at this thing, and then it comes to my. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the studio past the Onks thing mm -hmm. in 2015. Now I see him here. I just saw him, I saw you a couple times this year. Mm -hmm. I think I just saw you at, at, at your birthday party. Oh, yeah, my birthday party at Drum. Yeah, oh, and then you did the True Masters show. You did yeah. True Masters yeah. too. Yeah. So, multiple touch points for him. Every time I see Frisk, it's always love and it's always super cool. Yeah. And like, I see him on my social media all the time, liking pictures, commenting. Like I feel like we like I know you. You know what I mean. Exactly. Same with Broadway. Like so, it's just when you. I think that's how it is with human beings. Is when you give a, a human being enough touch points, they, they open up a little bit more to wanting to be open to you and help 100%. you. You know. So it's almost. We, you said it's like, yeah. It's like they know you. Like you know them already. Exactly. One thing I exactly. always say though is don't be annoying. Just don't yeah, be. Annoying. No, no. You got to be tasteful with this. Don't be yeah, annoying. Be tasteful. Like, one thing on that. Yeah. Like, I'm saying it's important to like email and just help people on social and everything, but one of the most important things, like, I, I hear all people say this and it, it applies to me too, is doing things like this and getting in rooms and creating actual relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, I just went to uh, I Sander, it was, it was Jay Hatch's birthday, and um, I, I've known Amadeus for a while, 
when I met Trilogy through him, now me and Trilogy are doing shit together. I'm doing shit, but I'm a deus. And it comes, and it comes from, is he here? <laughs> I think Trilogy is supposed to be here, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I said, I just sent Trilogy a sample pack, like, you know what I mean? And like he- And now you guys are collaborating. And hopefully, yeah, so like, but it's, it's about, it's, it, it goes way further, that in-person thing than, you know, mm -hmm. but, but if you can, if you, if the only thing you have is email, do it. But yeah, yeah, anytime do it all. you're meeting right. someone in person, just don't be annoying. Yeah, 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 yeah just yeah. don't be annoying. Be tasteful. Be yeah. tasteful. Give it, uh, guys, clap don't it up for Deb one time. Hey! Yes, yes. My guy. It's good. <laughs> How y'all feeling out there? Y'all hey. feeling good? Y'all hey. hey. having a good time? Yeah! yeah. Are y'all connecting? Yeah! yeah. Are you guys getting contacts and touch points? Yeah. Touch points? Are you touching people? Are you yeah. touching points? Dick pics! You guys sent any dick pics out? Elman, I guess we got somebody. <laughs> oh, One of you motherfuckers are going to start oh, oh, sending us dick pics. This is going to be messed up. It's crazy. Um, well, we're back. Yes, we are sir. good to go. Um, I just want to shout you guys out, man. Um, really appreciate you guys coming out. This is our first uh, Lab Chat Live. So give yourselves a round of applause for being here, first of all. And uh, shout, to, shout to everybody that's in the building here. To uh, my brother, Spot. My brother Les, clap it up for him. That's my older brother. He's taught me a lot over the years. He plays piano way yeah. better than me. <laughs> he taught him really everything he knows, guys. Yeah, I don't know how to play. Him. Like nice. he's let's switch, let's switch. He's 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 really good. Oh, <laughs> check one two, check one two. He's really good at playing piano. Um, shout to my man Parks. Anyway. Parks is in the building. Parks is in the building. Joe Parks in the building. And I heard this shout out to Parks. Joe Budden podcast. Love you, boy. Shout to uh, where's Rance? Fifteen hundred. Yeah. Shout out to my man Rance. We got a lot of people yeah. here. Fifteen hundred or nothing. Yo, we got Buck Wild. Buck, Buck Wild, Wild is in the, in the building. building. Shout out to Buck Wild. Shout out Buck Wild, man. Where are they? We love you. <laughs> Where is Buck Wild? This like, shit. We got a AK. This, this setup is trash. We need to be on stage. We need a stage. We need to be in the, you know, like, elevated yeah. in the Raptors or something. Yeah, we do. Shout out to um, A-King, though, in the building. Yo, shout out to A-King. Shout out to A-King. Shout out to A-King. Nice to Rap Radar. Yup. Yeah. Um, K-Quick is in the building. There's so many fucking rich people in here. You know what they say, there's a lot of money in here. Touch points. It's not coming from us. Touch points. Alright, here we go, guys. So listen up. We have a really amazing special guest tonight. We're going to talk to this guy. He's really special. We'll probably talk for like 30 minutes or so. Try to dig deep into his brain about certain things. So uh, I just want to introduce the big homie, um, the legend, the GOAT. Uh, let's give a warm round of applause for Just Blaze. Clap it up for Just Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Much appreciate Just thank you. Um, did you pull up in the Lambo? That's no, the I did not. <laughs> I said the light. I did the Tesla. You did the Tesla? Yeah. Just is such a dick. So I'm, I'm like texting. What? My 
No, I'm like, I'm like, just so. I just want to make sure, like, if you need an Uber, you know what I mean? I want to take care of you. This motherfucker texts me back. He's like, I might bring the Lambo out. But I'll probably, I'll probably bring the Tesla. <laughs> but now you know what it was because parking, parking the Lambo around here is a big You don't want to do that. No, you know what, you know what it is? Like, because the garages, uh, they won't take it because of the insurance. Oh, fuck. So, you, you're, for, yeah, you're forced to park it in the street. Only in Midtown, like downtown, uptown, I'm oh, good. Yeah. But in Midtown, they won't take it. It won't play. It don't play. Because if something happens to it, their insurance won't cover it. Right. Quick question before we jump in. Can you lease Teslas or are they for purchase only? As of 2016, you can. You can? Okay, because I heard you have to custom build them and own them. Yeah, no, they have a bunch. They, they have like pre-made ones that you can lease or you can actually build one and lease it. And they give you the option to uh, one to six. I went through, I went through my options. At the end of the lease, you can take what you leased it, like what you paid in the lease, and apply that to the purchase if you so want. To purchasing, if you yeah, want. So, so option sure. to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which Got one it. you like better, the Lambo or? It depends on how I'm feeling. On the mood, right? What's going on? Yeah, it depends on the trip. Who are you gonna see? So here's the, th the interesting thing. Which one is faster? Here's the interesting thing. Short distances, the Tesla smokes almost anything. If you Google wow. like Tesla versus Lamborghini, Tesla versus Ferrari. You do like the short, the, the, the short straight runs. Tesla always wins. It's when you go for the stretch that eventually the horsepower from the real engine right. takes over. Crazy. All right, so let's talk about some real shit. <laughs> um, you at this point it was weird because before you know you got here, the four of us were talking on group chat. We were like, you know, what what do we talk to just about? Because at, at this point in time, like I feel like a lot of people know. A lot of the stuff. Obviously, right. there's stuff that's missing. Of course. You know, there's a really rich history. That but you don't want to ask me, like, so how'd you get started? Yeah, yeah. like, how'd you get started? Yeah. You know, the Jay-Z history, like, yeah. all that shit's done, right? right. So, uh, in my mind, I'm like, and we were talking about this, we're like, this is a music production-driven podcast, right? right. And you're oh, one a podcast. Of, I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't look like it, but... The room's really sexy, right? Yeah. Motormers. A lot of, lot of, lot of mercy. The podcasts that I do, they're, they're not in places like this. Yeah, no, I mean, you're talking ill mind here, man. <laughs> we have to get a nice feed. Just. Yeah. So, this, is like, this is like a Lamborghini of podcasts. Yeah. It is. You know what I'm saying? We need a staff. We need that. Yeah, you know what I mean? We leasing this shit. We don't own it. We lease. We lease everything. Option Our, to buy. Option okay. to buy. We're like the Tesla of podcasts. We're the Tesla yeah. of podcasts. Um, so, like, I'm thinking, like, this is producer-driven podcast. Oh. I think a lot of there's a lot of like these underlying factors that contribute to why you're so successful. Right. And I really want to dig into that stuff because I feel like your story is so crazy and there's so many like anomalies that that have happened in right. your career. Definitely. But there's certain things that you did that contributed to why that shit happened. Right. Right? It's not just as simple as, you know, oh, like I worked with Jay Z and now I'm kind of put on the map. But like, what so, about all this shit before that? Right, but there's also a lot of people who work with Jay-Z. Yeah. yeah. And they're nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Facts. You know, um, I think that's not shots to anybody. Yeah. It's just the reality of how we structured uh, this from the beginning. Right. You know, um, it was... Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll start, not from the beginning, but like at that turning point when I was right like with the... Jay-Z, or when the Rockefeller thing overall was kind of like right. taking place. You know, initially I was approached to, um, it's funny because No ID just told a story about this and I think just the, the 
the years going by. Our, we get older, our memories, right. you know. Um, he had this thing where he was saying that like me and Ye and him and somebody else all got contracts and you were going over the paperwork. And he, I forget where he told the story. Um, I never saw a contract. You know, um, the, the way it happened with me was they approached me and said, we want to form this production company. We want to have you, uh, Kanye West, Buck Wild, actually. Shout out to Buck Wild, who's here. Buck, um, uh, K-Rob, from the old K-Rob and Ramel Z days, um, and one other person who I can't remember right now. Um, and we want to, you know, manage you, and blah, 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 and whatever. And I'm like, well, I already have a manager. You know, um, my longtime partner, you know, Nasa was, uh, was was managing the business affairs at the time. So, but I'm like, you know, I'm not opposed to working something out and come by the crib. So, long story short, G and Hop came by the crib, you know, uh, had a great conversation. And basically, the way we uh, decided to do it was, well, they could kind of be like agents for me. Um, and I would retain my own management and I would be a self-contained entity. And we always maintained that from the beginning. We want autonomy to do whatever we want. Now, when, now see, it's the best of both worlds because you have the autonomy to do whatever you want, but you're working with arguably the best crew in hip hop right. at that time. So you don't really- It's like a cheat code almost. Right, you don't really need to go anywhere else. Yeah. Right. But if you want to step you out- can. You can. Right. Now was that for everyone else or was that kind of your situation that you That was negotiated? my situation. That's what I'm telling you. That, that's why I brought up the new ID thing because he talked about paperwork and stuff. I, I never saw any. Yours was more So yours was different. Yeah, mine was just like, this is what we're going to do. We kind of dictated our own terms, huh. but they, they believed enough in what I would bring to the table that it wasn't even a question. Like, they never owned a piece of me. Right. Um, and the way we structured it was, let's just kind of go and see what happens. So I kind of helped. I guess really you can say kind of like co-executive produced the Emil album, mm -hmm. uncredited, just kind of, I engineered the whole thing. Right. And I kind of learned about engineering as I was doing that. I already knew, had, you know, I had a bit of a foundation, but was, um, I sharpened it. And was helping her touch up records and whatnot, outside the records that I produced for her. Then, um, at the same time I was working with Beans and Bleak, Jay wasn't paying me any money mm -hmm. at the time. But as you start to notice the things that I was doing with everybody else is when he finally, you know, uh, was like, yo, bring just the baseline. Right. But um, the key thing with that was I knew that once, we knew that once we got in with Jay, things would probably change. Yep. Um, and we could probably start knocking things out the park real quick. It was just a matter of finding that one thing to snag him. Right. So once that happened, and once, you know, me and him went in and we did a bunch of the stuff in the Dynasty album, we said, okay, this is what, let's do this in terms of the business structure. Um, Cause Jay's taking a liking to me. Obviously I'm, you know, I'm in a great space, you know, all of a sudden. So I said, all right, I'm not gonna do a contract or anything like that. Just pay me X amount of money for X amount of beats up front. I've shown you that I can deliver. Right. So I want to say we did a deal for 25 beats up front at like 20 or 30,000 each, something each. like that. Big bag. Got the first half up front, mm -hmm. and then I just, now I owe them 25 beats. Right. But right. you have eight artists working at once. They're going to get used. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 
They're going to recoup. They're going right. to recoup that. And technically, the, o the only thing was, the, their only caveat was, uh, we want first right of refusal. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, like right. first dibs. Yeah, like, yeah. you're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> you are right regardless. Here. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was either him or who else at that time. Like, at the time, uh, I mean, I had a I had a very good working relationship with Buster. The boss, yeah, Buster. Um, uh, Pun had just passed. Um, Fab was just starting to pop. Yep. Um, I can't remember who else did this. So there was so much happening that you know what it was at that time. What was interesting was when I worked on the Dynasty album. I didn't have one single. But I was all of a sudden this kid who seemingly came out of nowhere and did like half of the New Jersey album. Right, right. So people were calling me regardless, even if I didn't have a single. So next thing I know, I'm in a room with Janet Jackson and Beanie Man. And Crazy. I can't even, you know, it was just off the buzz of who's the new kid, who's the new kid, who's the new kid. Right. And that just goes to show like if you do good work, it doesn't matter if you have the number one record on the charts. Whatever. Mm -hmm. If you have a solid body of work, mm -hmm. or if you contributed heavily to a solid, solid body of work, People are gonna come calling. People are gonna come calling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. And then eventually you get those singles. Exactly. Over time. You know. So by the time we went back in again, it was the blueprint and everything else. Yeah. Then it was a whole different. So at how many years at that point in time did did it take for you to get that first big single? Like, what would you consider your first like big single? I got kind of lucky. My first beat I ever sold was sold half a million copies. Right. It's so not, it, was a it wasn't a great record. It was uh, Mace. When they were shooting each other out of cannons. Oh. I really like oh. it. Uh, what year? When was that? that 98, was... I think. Oh, wow. But, um, shit. But, uh, yeah, when Jay said, you thought they were shooting your fat ass out of cannons before. Oh, so, shit. Like, I figured who was going there. <laughs> oh, no, Vino, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, which was interesting because Mino was part of the first crew that I ever really attached myself with. Right. And that happened a few times over the years. Like, like, I would go from Jay-Z sessions to Prodigy sessions. Wow. Like, right before TakeOver was happening, like... Wow. And I would be like... And then, uh, when, when the Rockefeller and Rough Riders beef right. happened, like... Right. The first time that I think... that If I'm not mistaken, the first time that they all collectively went at Rockefeller was on my beat. Wow. It was a uh, Jada's It's Time I See You. What was mm. going through your mind in that process? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're in the, the thing is, normally, like, at that time, pardon me, at that time, I was always present for vocally. Um, you know, in, in a lot of my sessions. The, the Rough Riders thing was a posse record. So I, I was, I, I, I gave the beat, and that was pretty much that. By the time I heard the record, it was at the mix session. So I'm listening to the record while we're mixing it, and I'm like, Oh, oh shit. That's <laughs> crazy. Oh, uh, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Wow. What so, did I do? <laughs> luckily, that, that one kind of went, around, went over the radar, because, well, under the radar, because that was before the beef really okay. popped off. Right. But this was like when the shot, I think there, I think there were shots on like Hot 97 freestyles. Right. And but you, you never could have predicted that to happen. No. At and, all. And, the thing, and there was no blowback from it. You know, no. like nobody, ultimately, it's business. And I don't even think right. that they were thinking, oh, look at looking at you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think on either side. Right. I don't think that Rough Riders and Jay didn't was like, oh, we're gonna get their producer to produce the beat right. that we're gonna diss right. them on. It just kind of happened. It was organic. Way. It was really because of me because the the beat had a sample that I put in there called "It's Time I See You." So I think they just heard that and were like, oh, this is the one. So not even nobody was even thinking that far ahead to go down to the producer. Right. right. 
So here's an interesting thought. Like, you know, when you think about the upcoming producer today, right? right. 2018 going to 2019. Obviously, it's very different than it was very. in your era. Yeah. But I think a lot of the underlying kind of concepts and foundations are still the same. Like, you know, networking on right. a basic level. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, a big topic of discussion, especially on our podcast, is, you know, having faith in yourself and kind of, allowing for the universe to uncover Bruh. these blessings for you because you've been you've been winning for a long time right yeah. but yeah. let's talk a little bit about before the winning like what was life like then like what kept you going what were those signs that you had and did you have faith that you would eventually make it or did you not think about it and say fuck it i just want to make beats all day what's the best way to put this I've lived the charm life. Mm. Um, I've never, even when I had jobs, I never really worked a day in my life. What does my, that mean? My yeah. first job ever was a camp counselor, summer camp counselor. That's tight. I had kids calling me Mr. Justin <laughs> when I was 14. Right. Did you wear like the hat and shit? No, 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 no. It wasn't like a summer camp. Okay, okay, okay. It's like summer camp. It's like a yeah, it's a camp. camp. Yeah, exactly. It's like another street clothes, you regular. Right, right, yeah. right. right. I, actually, that summer, that's that's what that was '89. That's what Batman. Uh, if you don't remember, you might remember when everybody was wearing Batman shirts and they had like the Batman medallions. Remember that? That was that summer. I had a Batman shirt for every day of the summer. Crazy. My mom's knew the uh, the lady that had the bootleg T-shirt connection. So I had a Batman shirt for every day that summer. But yeah, like that. But point was, that was a job I wanted. Right. Like I, that was a, I, I wanted to do that. After that, uh, my next job I worked at um, Aeropostale, which at the time, if you were a teenager in that like was 93, that was 94, yeah. you got the gear. huge deal. Feeling mad hostile, wearing Aeropostale. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> That was a that was a that was a status symbol. So I used to go to done everything that right, right that I've always wanted to do. I went to school wearing my Aeropostale name tag. Okay, uh, hold, hold, hold on, keep well, on, keep on. Fast right. forward. After that, um, I, my next job was DJing at a roller skating rink. Fun. You know what I mean? Like I was making money on the weekends doing something that I love. Right. Moving from from there, um, internship at the cutting room. Again, which led to a, a full-time job within a month. So you never, you never, you never really did anything you didn't want to do. Right. Right. What you're saying. Um, I, I was, I was fortunate um, in that regard. Um, and this was also at a, at, a, at a time, by the time I started making records for people, that there were real budgets. Right. And I feel like one of the main differences now is those budgets are nowhere near the same. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of forces producers to have to get sell part of their soul much earlier than they should. By that I mean like chase like where it used to be to chase the, the check to, to make the beat, now it's chasing the publisher your check. Yep. Right. Exactly. And you know a lot of these dudes are doing records for next to nothing in the hopes of getting their payday from a publishing deal. And that's unfortunate because it puts a lot of these guys in a position where they don't have the catalogs yep. to come in and say, I want three, four, five million. Yep. Right. They're doing it for a hundred thousand yeah two hundred thousand and they don't know that you get that in pieces right yeah like it's 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 not up front it's not up front it's maybe half up front maybe yep. you know what i mean and the terms are just very unfavorable um and the publishing companies can do that 
because that's that they're where the cash is now. They have the leverage. Yeah, like I, I almost got caught up in that because in that same era where I first started to come to prominence, I had companies like Water Chapel, Universal, pretty much all the major publishers coming to me with deals for a million and a half, two million, right. and I'm sitting there like, woo! <laughs> like I came from making fifty dollars a night at the roller skating rink. Yeah, right. yeah. But the and that's real. Like, that's what I used to make. I used to make fifty dollars at the end of the night, and I was happy. Yeah, I was making money doing what, what I love. love. See, that's that's a that's that's a really important component to touch on. Like right. yeah. you felt happy for uh, about being paid fifty dollars, right? Because you had fun. Right? I had fun and I was doing something that I love. Yeah, right. And but because you decided to do things you love at an early age, it worked. I, that's all. That, that was the seed right. that you planted in your yeah. brain to get you to where you are now. And, and I, I think it's it, 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 it's very difficult for people to give that credit and understand that. Right. You know. And also on top of that, I had a family that supported me doing that. That's big too. Like I had a, my mom, and I tell the story all the time, some of you may have heard it, like one of my first, in my mind, big things that I ever DJed, which was basically just a backyard party at somebody's house. The speakers went out, my mom was brought speakers, They wouldn't. The, the, the cables didn't reach to the DJ booth. She sat under the table for the last it hour of the party and that held fire. the cables together. Oh. Wow. While I finished DJ, that's amazing. You know, like would 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 have to would, would take me to the the, uh, the club to DJ where I was already underage. Come back, right. pick me up at two o'clock in the morning, or wait in the parking lot. You know, and take me back home, and we'd have to get up and go to school. Like my family overall was very supportive of that. So clap it up one time for that man. Yeah. What um what made that's amazing. What made your family? be so supportive because I think you know for a lot of people it takes them a lot of time a lot of experiences to get to the point where their family's finally like alright you serious about this you know what it was from the time I was little I was I was a tinkerer right like I was writing computer programs when I was in fourth grade my father was a jazz organist so he always had keyboards and stuff laying around the house so when they saw me sitting there programming his Casios and hooking them up to things that they didn't understand, and I'm like, and I'm like Mom, this is a, a DJ mixer. Plug the, the, the turntable into here, then you plug the keyboard into here, and she's like, I don't know, what? <laughs> but it's <laughs> you know, working. But it's doing something. Right. You're doing what you love. You're happy. You're not in trouble. You know, you're, 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 you're not. My mom's a teacher, so you gotta, she's seen the smartest of the smart kids. The dumbest of the dumb kids and the worst of the worst. Yep. And she you know she had you know, she raised us with enough sense. Like my mom's never had to give us the talk or any of the talks. Right. She didn't have to give us the drug talk, sex talk, whatever, because she just raised us with common sense right. and, and good hearts. Mm -hmm. So from you know, as long as her kids were good and they were using their talents, she was she was right. all right. That's important to know yeah. too. That's yeah, amazing. Like That's amazing. you know, so Starting from then, I was always just I always felt like I could do what I love and be okay. And if you look at, look at a lot of uh, success stories, people who are beyond way more successful than me, yeah, you know they did what they love. They stuck. They stuck with it. They stuck with it, and they knew they were going to be okay. And I think that's what sets yeah. successful people apart from people who are struggling. Is right. I, I really believe that, and I could be wrong, but I believe that. People who uh, struggle to find success, they're they're sort of blocking themselves right. because yeah. they're not putting you know faith into mm -hmm. themselves. Well, a lot of people put a time limit on themselves. Too. That too. Think about it, like when yeah. 
just a, an example that I use a lot. I want when exhibit C people are before I even get into that. The average rapper comes out for the most part 18, 19, 20. You know, Nas, Elmatic, wrote it when he was 17, came out when he was 18. We young a lot of the younger artists today, you know, that are succeeding in different ways, you know, from different methods rather, whether it's them going viral and getting record deals, whatever they're 16, 17, 18 years old. Um Jay Reasonable doubt, Jay was 26, technically kind of old for a te technically a major debut. Okay. Um, speaking from my personal experience, Jay Electronica was what, 36 when we did Exhibit C? Wow. 30s, no, maybe 35? Mid-30s. Yeah, he was in his mid-30s. You know, like your first time out on, on that level and you're on radio for the first time at, not, at, not on a mix show, but at 3 p.m. You know, he was, he was, it was in his mid-30s. Wow. You know, and, and um, and you can't put a, a clock on it. Yeah. Um, going back to, and then we can move on to whatever else you want to move on to. But um, going back to when I was working at the cutting room in that era, um, at a certain point it wasn't working. You know, or I felt like it wasn't. And I was, and I, I, I did three years at Rutgers for computer science for programming. I was about to go back. Is it C plus plus or C plus plus Pascal? Pascal. It was say Pascal. A little bit of machine learning. Did you do Cisco at all? Like no. routing? No. no, that was kind of before. I was like right before, my, right after my era. Um, and I was thinking, all right, I should probably just go back. Matter of fact, let me just go look into my credits and, you know, see what I have left, what I have to do over. Just, you know, going through the motions of considering re-enrolling in school and finishing my last year. The, that next week is when I had that that chance of meeting with Mace that led to me doing those sessions with them. Damn. Had I had those feelings maybe a month before and started the process of re-enrolling a month before, never would have met Mace. And I would never, I would not be sitting here. Yeah. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? I but oh, but Jay Z may, oh sorry, Jay may have not had the successful career that he if has. If he didn't meet you. If he didn't meet yeah. you because right. the yeah, music mean, wouldn't, maybe, maybe that's, not. Well, that, see, but, and that's where it gets interesting. This yeah, is another very thing I was going to mention. We were talking about trust in the process. Um, that phrase because it's like cliche now. But there's so many major records that I've done. Records that have been super successful. Um, whether successful on a cultural level or on a commercial level that were not intended to go to who they ended up right. mm -hmm. going to. Right. You know, like, uh, going back to my earliest days, I made Rock the Mic to learn how to use the ASRX. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it for Freeway. Right. But when he came to me and approached me and said, can we do a record together? I redid that same beat on the NPC, gave it to him, record was done the next day. We put it out two weeks later. Yeah. Um, pump it up was not intended for Joe Button. That was a last minute salvage move. Wow. Because we were in a session together and I was coming up with garbage. And I remember that I had this beat laying around that Beans and Free, I wanted Rock from Pump It Up to be Rock the Mic Part 2, like the follow up. Right. And Freeway was with it, because Freeway would rap to anything that I would give him at that time. Right. Beans was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then Hope heard it was like, his exact words verbatim, he swears he didn't say this, but I was there. <laughs> Yo, that's dope. I'm gonna go through this Pharrell record real quick, I'll be back. 
Oh, and he was man. doing um, he funny. was doing the, the the Pharrell records for Blueprint too. That's funny. Um, oh boy, was meant for Memphis Bleak initially. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a whole list of those. There's a list. So I'm a firm believer in music finds its way to where it's supposed to be for one. Right. And for two, you kind of just have to trust that things are going to be okay. When we're Say that one more time, Jess. Trust that. Music will end up where it needs to be. And, and I, things will be okay. And things will be okay. Matt, That's important. You know, it really That's is. That's fucking crucial. Like, for real, uh, where's Rance at? Rance 1500? Yes. Yeah. So, like, Rance uh, was a big part of um, Show Me What You Got. Mm. I had did that beat years before and hated it. I always had this idea of, like, right. it, like having somebody spit on this up-tempo. Like, remember, like... When the rap tempo, the average rap tempo was like 110. Yep. Right. Like the Kane era, the Rock Kim era. I always had the idea of trying to do something like, trying to do something like that on a modern level. I made the beat and nobody really understood it, and it wasn't as good as it ended up being when I did it over. Right. But when I was sitting in the room one day with Rance, I'm like, Yo, I have this old idea. This old idea. This old idea that that I want to do over. Mm-hmm. And. Um, we put that together in like what was it, one session, pretty much. We did that and why we hate the game. I think in the same day. That's and, crazy. Um, and that was that at um that was all the the footage with like tracking the drums and stuff, right? Yep, exactly. That was at that was at the fifteen hundred spot. No, that was at was that somewhere uh, else? Westlake. 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 Grant, when did you guys build the uh, the fifteen hundred? Uh, I want to call it a warehouse. <laughs> the compound, the hundred thousand square foot mansion that I haven't been to yet. I got to come through. We still build it. It's like a year old. It's only a year. It's like a year. Why was I thinking it was longer? No, because they had the other one. They had the other compound. Yeah. Oh, the other, see, other compound. See the things you can do when you're not in New York. Right. No, like, see that's the thing. That's why I don't go to LA much because I knew if I don't, I, I, but I, whatever I do, I go see Rams yeah. and Mars and them, and I get mad at myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, when he, I'm not gonna blow it up, but when he told me what the the first compound cost them per month. And operating costs, and I was paying double that for something like one tenth of the size. Yeah. Like baseline was a decent size, mm-hmm. but it's not like what they got. Yeah, it's not. It's and I was paying like baseline was a good deal at first because at the time, uh, twenty six and six wasn't considered a was a, a C class property. Mm. So, um. Real talk, Baseline's rent at the time was 4500 a month when it was first built, which was nothing. Wow. You paid for that in two sessions. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the time I was leaving, because I was on good faith with them, because we never missed a rent payment ever. We had been there for over 10 years. Mm. We didn't renew the lease. Um, but they, if had, had I renewed, it would have started at like 18000 a month. Um, and that, and remember, in New York legally, they can go up 12% every year. Yep. Oh, and oh. you have to do a 10-year lease for commercial real estate spaces. Yeah. That's, so, that's crazy. That's out of control. Yeah. So every time I go to L.A., I'd be mad at myself. Yeah. They can get busy out there. That's crazy. I think one of the um, things that have been, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, instrumental in your career is your confidence. Um, and I think that's really important to have that's as a creative. 
is your confidence um, because there's been a lot of production that you've created that you say you didn't really like but it ended up being something right. and also I know there's been a lot of times where you've been experimenting with like new sounds or new mm -hmm. gear and you ended up making a beat that ended up actually being like a hit right. and you weren't really thinking it would be but you had the confidence in your work to know that either that was going to be something or your music in general. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because people always be like, yo, you, you know, when you're in those situations, you just exude such confidence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm like a deer with the headlights 99% yeah. of the time. Yeah. But I think what happens is you end up over the years knowing how to uh, disguise that or use that, you know, like take the whatever from that and it ends up being displayed as confidence. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I'm better with it now, but for a very long time, uh, my thought process always used to be like, this could be over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, because you, hear those, you, you see all the time, you get a producer who's hot for six months and then you never hear from them again. So I kind of always have had that in the back of my mind, which I think is kind of, always, I don't operate from the standpoint of fear, I operate from a standpoint of awareness. Mm -hmm. However, at a certain point, I realized, like, all right, I am kind of good at what I do. <laughs> Just um, a little bit, a little bit. A little. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, you know, you know, you know what's funny? Like, they, at baseline was a, was very much a tough love kind of situation. Yeah. Like, if they talk shit about you, yeah. it, it was kind of like. How I put this? It was that way of letting you know you were you 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 were the shit, right? If that makes sense, like you know, like they like to clown each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they weren't really clowning you, you were probably doing something wrong. You had to, right. you had to get clowned. If they're not talking exactly. about you, you got to be worried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, but it took me a while to realize that. Right. So, like when Jay you was, just, you just thought that they didn't like you at first, like. No, I'm why? just like I'm just not used to that. Now you're still right. You were probably not trying to be talked about, but right. In reality, you know, I mean, no one really does, right? Like, you yeah, don't want no, nobody wants to, you know, you know, like. And here's the thing: like Jay would just walk in and be like, "You ain't shit, man. It's just, it's just gonna be over. <laughs> it's just gonna be over for you in three months." Right. But that was his way of trying to motivate you. But at the time, I'm like, right. "Was he for real?" There's also times where I've watched Jay call other producers like of note and be like, yo, Just Blaze is the best producer ever. Sorry, you're not making the album. Click. But that was also his way of motivating them, like, you better come through with some beats. Like that's how he used to operate. But it took me a minute to to, to get that. But you know, you know, like like for me, um, you do have to be confident in yourself, but you also have to be honest with yourself. The honesty that I've always I've always had the honesty with myself. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from, aside from the way that I was raised, was a lot of people always ask me, how do you get your records to sound the way they do the drums cut through, you know, this thing is in a certain way. It's really because I sat there for so many years as a kid with my four-track cassette, my Tascam, trying to figure out why my records didn't sound like the records on the radio. Because as far as I knew, everybody was making their records on cassettes. I didn't know anything about studios. I was 10. But I used to sit there like, that don't sound like Marley Ball. On the tape? We were just talking about yeah. like being yeah. 9 and 10 years old doing shit like this, right? Yeah, yeah like, crazy. I mean, like, I used to do, you know, pause tapes just like everybody else, you know, from that era, you know, get a double cassette deck, do a loop, overdub onto that, or add drums onto that. 
Eventually, my mom's got me something that can sample with a little Casio SK5. Actually, I jacked that from my best friend's sister. Um, <laughs> she had that SK5 for like two days after Christmas. And right. That was when it lived in my house after that. It's still sitting in my house, actually. Right. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I think a lot of that was me sitting there trying to get my records to sound like they could come after the record I heard on the radio. Right. So after they played the new. Kane record or the new Rakim record or the new Wu-Tang record or whatever it was, I would play my song and be like, my song, I'm not even talking about the production quality, but like mix-wise, right. my song don't sound as good as theirs. So I would have to keep going and that's how I learned the basics of EQing and compression. See, when you're, when you're, when you're functioning like that, is it, how old are you, nine? Like nine, it's, ten it's years fine. old. Yeah, when you're, when, you're, when you're nine years old functioning like that, like, you're just, I don't know, I, I feel like, do you sometimes feel like you're a big kid? And I, I feel oh, that totally. Way too. You know, yeah. like you know, it's but you know what? Because you're it's, still you're still the same person right. that you were at nine see, years that, old. That's the thing. Is a lot of us, all of us, I think, in one way or another, artists. When by the time you're twelve, you kind of are who you are. That's that's low key facts right there. Right. Like it think is. about it. Like by the time you're fifteen, you've discovered all your favorite albums already. Right. That's the same thing you're gonna be listening to when you're 40. You're gonna right. go back to listen to what right. you were, yep. what you listened to in high school. Right. You know, um, I feel like some of us lose that spirit. When you lose that that spirit of connection to who you are formatively, that's when things can kind of go left. Yeah. Like you come to my crib, I got a lot of fly shit, but then I also got like a giant painting of Transformers. Yeah. That I had commissioned on my wall. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. And spent some good money, but all, in, in, in time, you're designing it with the artist. Shout out to TTK. Mm. But, um, you know, that's like, you know, there was that phase that everybody was like, oh, just as a super nerd playing, sitting in his house playing with action figures. Yeah. Right. Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, you think I had the time to sit there and be like, pew, 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 <laughs> yeah, Optimus Prime is killing Megatron. <laughs> no. But do I have a wall of them shit? So at the crib, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just a nice, like, you know, moms couldn't afford that when yeah. I was 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or when I was 10, rather, maybe. Right. Or so. Yeah. And I you just know. think it's cool. Right. Like, when I, when, I, when I went and got my first two checks, that was the dope thing about that. They used to bring the checks to the session. Right. Mm. Like, and then I had a check cashing place right around the corner. I didn't have a bank account Perfect. like the first year. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Great. to the check cashing place. That's great. But at, at that time, like, in the village, like, anything and everything that was collectible, you could buy at that time. Right. And you're in the village, so the shopping is crazy. So I would go like to the video games, but that's what it, that's really where the whole video game came thing came from. Yeah, a friend of mine owned a, a video game spot, and I walked into the store one day with five thousand dollars in my pocket to give me one of everything. Damn. Then I went to Transit on Broadway, the, the sneaker spot. I need Remember these. In, I need these in a ten and a half. Which Wait. ones? All of them. So this was this was what Jay was making fun of you about. Exactly because the, MTV did a story on it. Yeah. And then I had said, this is the last time I'm going to ever tell the story. Long story short, I had said um, in the piece, I said, uh, this was supposed to be B-roll. Like, I was joking when I was doing my intro. I said, yeah, uh, some people say I buy video games, or I, I make beats to support buying video games. Because it was a piece about video games. It was a joke. And I, was, and I said to the camera, don't, don't use that. that. Wow. And that was the opening lead that they wear. <laughs> That's funny. And Jay happens to see that, and yeah. he's wondering where I'm at in the studio, and he sees that at the same time. He's, like, he's buying video games. I'm trying to get him to come to the studio. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Raise your hand if you saw, actually saw that, what we're talking about. Raise your hand if you saw that, right? Raise your hand if you thought that was cool. Like, oh shit, he just plays this cool for liking video games. See, I feel like it, it was a positive thing. No, it, it, is the, it, it was like, oh shit, I could be that too. He's a right. normal guy. Right, you well, know I, what I mean? That was the the thing. Um, for me, for me personally, it bothered me more so just because it wasn't what actually it, was. it wasn't the truth. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. But right, but anybody who knows me knows you come to my crib, like you know, it's that's oh, your yeah. life. You know, like but that, it's it's part it's part of what you know, it it's part of what we do. But we used to sit there in baseline like, after the session was over. Me and Todd Todd would sit there and play virtual tennis for like two hours. And he would always find a way to pause to get in my head and beat me every time. Wow. <laughs> and it drove me nuts. But yeah, like, you know, but here's the thing is what kid that grew up in the 80s didn't love or appreciate that stuff? Yeah, you know? true. I think the, the difference with, with me is I think because I've had, because I hate to use that, that term, but I can't think of another term, like a, a charm life. Right. Where like I've kind of been able to not skate through because there's definitely been downs. There's For sure. many ups, there's been downs as well. But I've been able to just maintain touch with the things that I love that made me who I am. And that go even beyond all the just the eighties stuff, that's just DJing. Yeah. Uh, which is where it all started for me. Um, digging for records, sitting there and analyzing a record over and over and trying to figure out, you know, how the engineer got the sound that way. How did the drummer get that technique? Like yeah. I was doing an interview a couple of weeks ago and I I never really thought about it this way. But as I was talking about my childhood, I realized what it was. Whereas most kids were happy watching the cartoon, I was trying to figure out how somebody drew all those frames. Right. That was that was your that your brain functioned that way. Right. There's two. Yeah. Like I would watch Star Wars with my dad. Figuring out. But then I'm trying to figure out how do they actually make the ships look like right. they're flying when yep. we know that they're not really flying. Yep. Yeah. You know, it was, my, my approach with music was the same thing. I would listen to music and be like. How is that happening? Raise your hand if you look at life like that too. And it's okay if you don't. But the funny thing is I noticed as I got older and as I got over the anger, or not anger, but just the frustration of the way that scene was portrayed, the more I realized that so many producers are the same way and have yeah. a lot of the same interests. Yeah. You know, I have so many dudes that were like, yo, what's your gamer tag? And I'm like, I don't have one. I don't have one. But I'm going to go make one now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, they would want to sit there and talk to you about sneakers all day, talk about polo all day, or just like random fashion nerd things, or computer nerd things, or just collectible nerd things. And like, I remember sitting down uh, with Pharrell one day, and he's telling me about these things he has in his house, and I'm like, hey, we're not really that different. See? <laughs> and then I start to realize that, like I said, when I meet up and coming producers who tell me their stories and how they came up, I feel like there's something in the way our brains are wired Yep. That causes us to we don't gravitate towards those things because we all grew up with those things. Yep. It's just some of us deviated and some of us did. Right, exactly. And I think a big part of this whole thing too, because I in saying that I see a lot of uh similarities with like the way my brain works and stuff. I mean right. that's my brother right there, he's my older brother. Oh, what up, what up? Sorry. And uh video games and all that. Check one too. I think uh you know, the the part about the part, 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 the
Are y'all motherfuckers that have never seen a Just Blaze interview like this before? <laughs> uh, my, my older brother, Les, like, uh, could attest this, but, like, I was always, I was the curious kid who, like, I would have Sega Genesis and shit, and I would go to, like, the menu options and listen to all the sound effects and, like, try to make beats out of the sound effects and shit. Yo, there we go. Yeah. Yo, I, so it's the same thing. Yo, Space Harrier, oh, Space Harrier 2, Golden Axe, Outrun, all of those. I used to, like, literally just go to the options, go to the sound test, and listen to them listen. over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Um, which is funny because... You know, as an adult now, I get so many people who were kids or teenagers when NBA Street 2 came out. Yep. And they'll be like, yo, I used to put the disc in and just listen to the music yeah. over and over. Or like, I go on YouTube and like the beats that I did have like hundreds of thousands of thousands of views. And people all tell the same story. I used to just listen to, I used to play this game. I used to put the game in and not play it. Just so I can listen. Just so you can listen to the music. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's wild. Like, like I was kind of able, uh, able to give that back to another generation. I think right. all, all of that has, like, you continuing to do things that you liked and were fun allowed. That's a big part. Always do things that were fun. It's two, you know two, what I mean? Yeah. No, it, it, there's two things to it. One is I've always done things that I love that I, I that I enjoy. Um, the second thing is is always doing good business. Mm -hmm. because this is a more serious thing like there are times when you're gonna have six records on the radio there's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be times where you have the two or three of the biggest studio anthems at once there's gonna be times where you have a record that says that sells 10 million there's gonna be times where you have nothing going on those times you have nothing going on in terms of that commercial visibility um, how you get through those times, in my experience, is mostly determined by how good and how um, how pleasant your business is. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, like those down times. I'll give you a perfect example. I did. Um, uh, I mean, they redid the Eighteen. They, they did a movie, mm -hmm. the Eighteen, like two thousand ten. Yeah, like twenty ten or something. Two thousand nine. So they needed a flip of the theme for the movie. They didn't really have a lot of money. They had already spent all the, all the money on the movie. Um, marketing budget was done. They had $10,000. They came to me, they were like, listen, we know it's not a lot. We'd love to have you do the new interpretation of the 18th theme. I said, all right, fine, no problem. Um, I do it. They had a very pleasurable experience with it. You know, I, made it I made it super easy. There was no egos involved. We got it done, knocked it out. Client uh, Fox was super happy. Um, never heard from them. Three years later, or never heard back from them after that. They didn't need to. They didn't need to reach out. Three years later, I get a call out of nowhere. I get a call out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Martin. I work for Fox. Well, of course I remember you. What's going on? He's like, so I'm sitting in a meeting um, discussing a new movie that we're working on, and uh, our VP of whatever was like, Yo, who's the guy that did the A team? <laughs> We need him. Um, you know, like it was dope. That whole he was just super easy to work with. And we knocked it. He knocked it out in two days. It was a good guy. Yeah. Right. Blah blah blah. Like, so he's like, so are you familiar with the movie called Ice Age? And I'm like, oh yeah. You know, like I've seen two. Of them. So he's like, yes, we're working on the fourth one right now. We need music for this scene, this scene, this scene, and we have a real budget this time. What's up? 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're like up there. Quick question: what? Was 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 he an older person, an older guy? Martin was probably like a generation up from me. So like at the time, if Martin's probably ten years older than me, maybe. Now the VP that actually asked for me, I don't know how old he was. Right. But the guy who I dealt with on A team, which was that. You know, make the connect for. That's amazing. That, the reason why that's he's definitely much older than, than us. Yeah. The reason why that's such a gem is because when when you get to that point where you're much older and you're you you're a butt pusher, like if right. you're an executive, the last thing you want to do is deal with someone who's hard to deal with. Right. right. So you'll give the. I'm not saying you're mediocre. Obviously, you're not. But you'll give the person who isn't the best at the thing. You'll give that person the opportunity over the super talented, annoying, right. uh, right. hard to deal with person. Right. You when, know, the, uh, when I when I was uh, younger, some of the people that I used to work with, uh, um, there would be times where like they would be people I used to work, you know, with me or, or you know, in, right. in conjunction with me, would sometimes be overly aggressive on terms and certain things. And one of my things is always like, "Yo, be easy," because if we continue along that path, they're only gonna work for us as long as work with us as long as they have to. Right. They also are only gonna work with you or call you as long as they have to. Right. When they don't have to call you because there's five other new hot dudes, right. your phone goes cold. You know, um, so I always tried to make sure that we maintained good relationships, pleasant relationships, and did good fair business. You know, I was never a sucker. It didn't didn't go for what I deserved. But I didn't do the thing of like, I'm the hottest thing in the world right now, so I right. X, Y, and Z. That's one of the biggest things in this, I think anywhere, anything in life is just, you know, being good with people and building relationships. But in the music industry, you see that a lot. A lot of, right. you know, people say it all the time is sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. And that's true. You know, I think, I mean, I think it's both. Any right. Yeah. But I think I, it's both. You have to have the work, but you also have to have the relationships right. to help you yourself. The, the music business is so small. In terms of the, the key decision makers, yep. Yep. you know, the number of labels is shrinking every day or has been shrinking for years, you know, as things get more and more consolidated. Um, and I mean, I can look around the, this room and probably name at least 25% of the people in here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It just shows you how small right. the community is. Yeah. Everybody has stories about everybody. Everybody knows something about somebody, <laughs> you true. know, and it doesn't take word for that long. Well, it doesn't take that word, that long for that word. Yeah, to, around. Uh, to it's really small. I remember when I was coming up, and uh, the first, you know, I came up a generation under you, so I right. really was studying you, like you know, and Dilla and P Rock and Primo and stuff. And you, I mean, obviously, we both studied them too. Right. But yeah. you know, I just remember over the years, like getting to know you and running into you, like you know, like late, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Right. Little brother was happening, and then yeah. Sky Zoo, and then yeah. fucking, and then you know, 2013, fucking Amsterdam. Uh, you were in Amsterdam, Amsterdam, and you were DJing. Oh yeah, no, no, that was in Amsterdam. That was uh, that was Vancouver, or oh, Vancouver. somewhere else. Vancouver. And then and then a slaughterhouse, you yeah. know, all that in 2013, and now fast forward 2018, it's like, it's crazy. Like, me and Just have like built. A, a, a thing over a long time and, and I'm just really humbled to know you but also too to get to that point where I can hit you right. like a week before and be like hey can you be on my podcast like, I, and for you to pull up and shit like 
means a lot, you know what I mean? Thank but th this is like 10 plus years in the making. Right. So I appreciate All you, man. All 39 hours. No, I think now we're at 42 hours of no sleep. No sleep, yeah. <laughs> Bro, don't have... You did the same shit when we were in Toronto, though. Yes. You were like 24 hours. You're crazy. But, it's, no, but you know what? It's like... So the night before, I slept good. I slept for like 10 hours straight. The first time I slept that long, God knows how long. Right. Got up at 8.30 the next morning, and I felt like Nas in the beginning of life's a bitch. Early, <laughs> it wasn't my born day, but I was I'm up at 8.30 with energy. Oh, let's go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like running around the house with the baby. Hello. You know, I hooked, I hooked up his other, uh, that's when I hooked up the 808 for him. Like, oh, let me gotcha. get power for your 808. Yeah. Well, yeah, my 13-year-old programs in 808. <laughs> Which wow. is insane. I can't even program it away. Insane. <laughs> um, so, running around the house all day, just getting stuff done. Um, decided to listen to some records, heard a couple of things. So, let's make some beats. Like, it was a full on day. Crazy. But then the beats started coming out so good. I'm like, let me keep going. So, then I said, let me take a break. I'll play a little Call of Duty. I jumped on Black Ops. One of my friends sent me a hit. But I said, all right, go jump. Kill some people. <laughs> but I'm playing the beat in the background the whole time. Like I'm just a lot of times I step away, just listen to it over and over, and then I went back to it. And I kept doing that. Next thing I know, it's four in the morning. So I said, "All right, my rule is as long as I'm asleep by the sun, by the sunrise, right. I'm okay." But the kid, his t his motors are coming in now, oh. so he's on some rampage. Like, Shit. Yeah, exactly. So no sleep game. So <laughs> I get sneaking to bed around five, and he's like. That's <laughs> in the back of the head. And I'm like, all right, I see where this is going. <laughs> so, you know, I try to let my wife sleep a little yeah. bit, like, because she holds so much down during the day. So yeah. it's like, you know, and luckily she works from home, but she still works. So like, let me just take them. So next thing I know is 10 a.m. And then the guys are there to redo my bathroom, but they just went to park because of a leak that they did. So it's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> There's like I came home and it was raining in my living room. I came home from vacation, my living room was raining. Oh, that's bad. So they're fixing that. So oh, I can go sleep in the basement. Yeah. Nah. Nope. Because because of that leak, they had to redo a bunch of the pipe stuff. So now the painters are in the basement repainting the pipes or repainting the walls because they had to break down the walls to take the pipes. So I'm like, all right, let's go back to the beach. Forty something hours later, here I am. Wow. Because then the day Because what happened was, I said, "All right, I'm a, um, I'm a sleep in the afternoon." Now, because I forgot I had conference calls scheduled all day, and then I agreed to do a meeting at six o'clock for a new artist that I'm um, with, and then I agreed to do this. So then I was like, "I guess I'm just not wow. sleeping." I might as well go back to the pizza. I don't know. Is, might is, as well. Is there an after party? You might as well. I wish no, there's no after party. Um, Let's give one round of applause for Just Blaze. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, uh, I have a quick gift. I like gifts. I have a gift for Just. Yeah. Is that a this is a pizza box. No, this is. That's the $700 Check, one, two. pizza box. This is a uh, one of ten music. Yeah, give me one. Check one two. Uh, I usually hook just with like drum kits and stuff. Um, I just I don't, you probably don't know this, but I put flash drive, giant box. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's some other shit in here too that no one has actually. Um, so I got here's the box. I got you a little sweater crew neck. Thank you. Right, so you can check that out with the little black kid volume. 
11 cover. It's probably too big for you, but that's okay. XL? It is. Give me an L. Okay, I got you an L. That's a little exclusive little notebook. Lap notebook. Lap notebook. There's only 10 of those in the world. And then uh, just a little custom message. Uh, Just Blaze, thank you for being a true go. For Just Blaze. So yeah, this box is super limited. Um, so yeah, that's for you, brother. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Clap it up for Just Blaze. One time. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, shout to you guys for coming through. We gotta let Just get some sleep, uh, but we have a hard deadline here, so we have to pack all our shit. Um, so let's give yourselves a round of applause one more time for joining us. Our first ever live lab chat podcast. What episode is this, Josh? He's still there. 80-something. We're 80-something episodes deep. Uh, listen, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we didn't get to do blapper crap tonight, but uh, obviously, no, this is where we like critique beats and shit. Yeah, but we gotta get out of here. But uh, we're gonna do this again. So that's what I'm saying. Um, but we gotta get out of here. So you guys get home safe. Yeah. We really appreciate you guys so much. Um, but we really have to get the fuck out. So, so we out of here, Black Chat. So, um, just want to give a shout out to 38 Parlor for allowing yeah, us to do it. Shout out to 38 Parlor. Shout out to 38 Parlor. Sure. Oh my God, of course. Thank you. I love it.